Sometimes the world just needs a hero to help cut through all the noise. Well, now you have two. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to yet another episode of your Heroes of Noise podcast. I am one half of this dynamic duo, man. You've got your Heroes of Noise, your Heroes of Noise podcast. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Dan, and welcome to episode 147. Hi, Steve. How you doing today, buddy? I'm doing wonderfully. How about yourself? I'm doing okay. Do I feel like, I feel like I'm kind of uh, shot out of a cannon right now. Am I good? I've yeah. been drinking coffee, and I, I feel a little wired right now. You're, you're, the thing is, I think you're just, ex- I think you're excited because wonderful things are happening in your life. That's what's happening. Yeah, I love wonderful things, man. You know, it, doesn't, it doesn't happen that well, but they come at a cost, literally. You know? Yeah, everything you're just, does. You're just, uh, you're, you want me to celebrate material possessions right now. And I don't, I feel like there's more to life than material possessions. I know, but this certain material possession got you very excited. So for you, it matters. Yeah, it's fucking dope. It's fucking dope. <laughs> <laughs> hey, for those long-term listeners, the people have been listening forever. I bought a car finally. Like, I've been talking about this shit since we started this show. <laughs> Literally. Maybe even halfway through the word, I was talking about, man, I need a new ride. You did. And it finally happened. I have had the same car for, let's see, 16 years until about two weeks ago. And I just purchased a new ride, a brand new ride. And I'm very happy about it. So come on. Will you, will you, you don't want to expose the make and model? People are just going to tease me, Steve. Will you stop it? Be proud of your ride. I'm totally proud of it. I just know it's coming. But you know what? I've got a, here's my predicament. I'll tell okay. you what it is. Ladies and gentlemen, what I got was a 2021 Subaru Outback Onyx XT. It's turbo edition. It's, it's autumn green, Steve. It's got Look black trim. This, Come on. It's fucking dope. It's faster than shit. It goes uh, zero to 60 in like six seconds. There we go. It, uh, it's got safety features on it that are bar none. You know, here's the thing. I've been telling people about my car, like what's in it. And people keep going, yeah, I got that. Yeah, I got that too. So it's not really... I'm not as uh, happy about it anymore. You know what I mean? It's just that I've had an old car for so long that I've caught up with everybody. And they're like, yeah, welcome to the party. There's cake, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But but the thing that's really cool about it is that uh, I think I'm turning into like a a cult member a little bit. That's not the cool part. But because I'm turning into a bit of a cult member by joining these groups and having people kind of school me on what these things can do, uh, it's a really, really fucking safe car, man. Like super safe. That's beautiful. I was driving the other day. We had to go to Roseville because the car was making a weird noise. Not a big deal. They fixed it. But uh, I had to go to Roseville for them to do that. And I'm driving on 99, a little bit local for you non-Californians. And you know how like sometimes you could just be driving and like all of a sudden it just comes to a complete stop? Yeah. So I'm driving and that's exactly what happens. And I'm talking, I probably had like, I don't know, maybe six seconds of safety time before I was going to like collide with somebody, which really would have sucked being, I just bought a new car and uh, the car fucking went and it stopped. Come on. I was fucking amazed. Yeah. Come on, dude. Isn't that that wonderful? This thing's amazing, man. I really love it a lot. I don't, and I don't really want to feel like I'm like bragging about it. It's just that uh, it's kind of nice to have a new ride, but here's like, people are telling me (laughs) like I have some lesbian friends are like, Oh, welcome to the club. You've bought yourself a lesbian car. And I said, okay, that's cool. Yeah, I can, I'm down with that, it's actually. Fine. If I was a woman, I think I would be a lesbian. So I think that I'm okay. And it's funny, too, because, like, you know, when I set out to get a Subaru Outback, I was thinking of safety. And I was thinking of, uh, 
like a, thinking of the family, kind of like an SUV family ride, you know, start making memories and such. What I wasn't looking for was a quote unquote pussy wagon, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. then my lesbian friends start telling me that, that uh, it's a lesbian car. So I guess it still is. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I tried to avoid it and I, and I fell right back into it. I think it looks good. I love the look of your car. I love it too. I am not hating on this car whatsoever. But you know what I am doing is being super, super fucking rude right now. You know why, ladies and gentlemen? We have a special guest today. We had a special guest last week and we've got one more today. I don't know who's coming next, but you know who's here right now? This guy is doper than shit. He is one of the golden voices of the podcast community. Uh, he's a great guy. Consider him a, a good friend. Want to? I want him to be a better friend. I got to see him again, and, and I'm sad because I should be seeing this dude like a couple weeks from now. But zombie apocalypse happened, and things got rearranged, and now the meetup is like at the end of the year, and I don't even know if I'm going. But who I'm talking about is fucking Joe Stark of the Stark Cast. What is going on, Joe? Hey, what's up, guys? Stoked to be here. Did I catch you drinking your Pabst Blue Ribbon coffee, Joe? <laughs> no not that time dude <laughs> i was making sure i was making sure man I, i'm saying a bunch no. of brand names today I, I feel like i'm doing too many plugs these days joe i just i just <laughs> pass blue ribbon subaru what else i don't know let me hold on a second while i drink my starbucks <laughs> dude those subarus are great those subarus are really great cars man i think you'll like that for a long time one of my friends have sworn by those subarus for years i think he's um, God, when I met him, he had one and he had it for the longest time. And I think he might've gotten an accident or something like that, which then he ended up getting a, a newer model. But yeah, he swears by him. He's had him for years. I, like I said, I have been told I've joined a cult. Apparently there's the Subaru <laughs> cult. There's the Tesla cult, which I am, uh, my blood is not rich enough to join this club yet, but I'm working on it. But there's a cult there too. But yeah, these people are like really cool, and they're and they're uh, obviously they're all fans of Subaru. But they're teaching me so much about this car; it's crazy. Like it's just it's amazing how safe these things are. Nice. Yeah. Years and years ago, I was a professional window tinner for um, like automotive, residential, and commercial, ah. and I loved it when people called in with Subarus because they were so easy to tint. Why is that? They just they they had most of them had the frameless doors. So it was just a shorter process to throw a piece of film on. Um, the rear quarter glass is the type where it has like the, like the, you know how the edges of some windows, um, the visible portion of the glass doesn't go all the way up against the weather stripping. Yeah. There's like a, some black stuff and usually with like a dot matrix that'll fizzle into the, you know, the visible portion of the glass, mm-hmm. the rear quarter glass and Subarus is like that. And so it's easier to tint because you're not running a piece of film like directly up against a gasket. Like you have to in like older vehicles and stuff. And then uh, the back window on it didn't have very much of a compound curve. So it was really easy to tint the back window in a single piece of film. So how long did you do this? <laughs> long enough to realize I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I was good at it, but I mean, there was some vehicles, like if somebody called up with like a Mitsubishi Eclipse or like a, a Volkswagen Beetle or something like that, where the back window was super rounded, yeah. it just gave me anxiety to do it. Do you know what a, uh, this is a, my first car, my first brand new car I bought was like 1990. Do you know what a Geostorm is? Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it was basically like, um, like the little Geo Metros, but like made into a wagon, right? Uh, I guess it was kind of a wagon. And now that I think about it, I guess so. But it was, it was a very compact car. With a hatchback, was, right? Yeah. It was more sporty, but it had the hatchback. But I, I'm <laughs> yeah. thinking that would have been a hell for you then. Those big bubbly windows like that. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, man. When, when they had a compound curve in it, they were rough. But um, the worst was the the person that I worked for 
was just a, have you ever worked for a boss that had like a super toxic personality? And then you realized <laughs> after you were done working for him that you had like symptoms of PTSD. Uh, yes, dude, I, I can, I'm like twofold on that actually. Yeah. That's uh that was a job I had like that. And, and what to make matters worse is that I signed a contract stating that if I quit in the first year, I had to pay back a hundred percent of my training costs, which she estimated at $3,000. And if I quit in the second year, I had to pay back half of that. And so I was like, this lady's a nightmare. I can't quit and owe her a bunch of money that I don't have. She's not going to get that satisfaction, that bitch. Oh God. And so I stuck it out and yeah, it was, it, it was rough, man. She, cause you do something, you'd be doing it and you'd be doing it the way you trained it. And then all of a sudden you have somebody like screaming at you and you're like, I'm doing it the way you trained me. Well, that was how I did it last month. And I'm like, wow, you're a lunatic. You are fucking certifiable lunatic. I've never met somebody like you. Oh. Let alone like been under somebody's thumb like that financially. It was terrible, but you know, live and learn. I'll tell you a story real quick. I, <laughs> when I, it was like 2008 and I was working at this hospital and they did this major layoff. Like they just took all kinds of people out. I was one of them. So I was without a job for about a month, but I was getting severance pay and that's really besides the point. But anyway, during this time I'd gone to this, um, this clinic where I ended up working and the lead guy over there, the lead tech, I had known him. In passing, you know, like in the tech community, it's pretty small. So you kind of, everyone kind of knows, you, you know, like, you know, the name at least, but this guy had a reputation that preceded him. And, uh, so when I met him, he's like, Hey, I'll train you to do MRI. I'll train you to do CT. And in fact, he was an incredible teacher, like a really, really good teacher, uh, got me like up more so than some people that have been doing it for a while because he taught me all these cool tricks and shit. So we, and he liked rush. I liked rush. We started talking music and everything was cool for like a year. Just cool as fuck. I went out of town with him to a couple concerts. Everything was fine. He was like a buddy. And but then I realized that he was like um, because I got a lot of free concert tickets and stuff at the time. And I had a lot of access to music and such and that he liked. And I sort of found out that I was kind of getting used in a way. And I was all right. I'm like, I'm cool with it. Like you just taught me all this cool shit. So I don't mind doing this kind of stuff. But I, I realized that's what was happening. And then about a year later, it was like a fucking light switch flipped. And I walked into work at seven o'clock in the morning and this dude's like storming around. Oh, by the way, I've heard this guy go off on people before, but I'm like, ah, well, it must have been justified, but that was a little bit rough, but I'm just going to go ahead and let it pass because he's my buddy. And then that shit came at me. So he wait, he like, he comes into the room and like for a long story short, he like goes, do this. And he throws papers at me, right? Like, like a, you know, like patient's paperwork throws it at me, hits me in the face, seven o'clock in the morning. Oh, so I had, like I said, I'd seen him doing this before and I'm like, okay, all right, what do you do? Because like, you know, you can yell at me, you can insult me and I'll probably talk shit on you. But if you like physically throw something at me, now we got a problem. So I'm like, all right, what are you going to do, Dan? So probably not the most wisest decision, but I, I grabbed the papers and I walked back and I said, Hey, and he turned around and I said, Hey, do it yourself. And I fucking flew it through it at him and hit him and <clears throat> excuse me, hit him in the face. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So there started like the end of the, uh, the beginning of the end basically. And, uh, yeah, but this guy was fucking toxic and I would come home from work almost in tears because I was so mad, not because my feelings were hurt, but because I was trying to like bottle up straight up like organic rage, you know? And I would just try to like hold it in. So I didn't come into the house and like blow it up. But sometimes I would like go into the garage and shit and like just, hit a fucking punching bag that really wasn't a punching bag, but I would like, you know, maybe a box, something like that. Anything I, I could that would like not break, I'd punch. 
It was the fucking worst. I don't. I don't feel that now. I feel like I'm a weak sauce. Like I, I like chill with my supervisors. I feel like I'm weak sauce now. This is the kind of shit. You know how like when you go into the break room. Well, at least in California, and you'll see like the big uh, the labor laws and all that stuff posted up. Yeah, yeah. He broke every one of like, oh, every see, motherfucking one of those. See, my job is so chill that part of their interview process now is saying, "What would you do if you had three extra hours at the end of your shift?" What was your answer? Oh, they didn't ask me, but now they ask it. And they said one person said, hmm, probably read a book. And they're like, no, that's not the, <laughs> that's not the answer. And so he's like, oh, 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 and let me try again. And he's like, I would help my fellow employees. And they said, you know what? We're going to hire you anyway. I said, you hired him? And he's like, yeah, I hired him. I was like, I, then, and I don't feel so good about getting the job then. If I could have just blown the interview 20 years ago. He's like, yeah, we hired him anyway. And then he qu- and then he quit a few days later. Well, it all worked out at least. Um, dude, look. <laughs> I I know like my supervisors come in on me chilling for like watching in the middle. He, he walked in on me in the middle of Willie's Wonderland yesterday and he uh, at the job site and he walked, he's like, What the crap are you watching? I'm like, Yeah, dude, you you it's a long story. He's like, This is anyway, here's some papers for you to sign. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. I get the whole hot, you know, I hate to ask. No, you don't. Just tell me to put my damn phone away. Oh, they still nice do that to it. you? Yeah. Well, I don't do it anymore, Steve. Oh, you're not supposed to my. watch movies at work. Oh, yeah, that's true. You're not supposed You're, And you know what, Dan? You're a good worker. I will say that you're a good worker. You're the equivalent of Randall and Clerks, Steve. I am. <laughs> I really am. <laughs> I am like, I am like, they're going to say... Steve, they're gonna say Steve filmed a movie at work. They're like, when? They're like, yeah, I filmed a whole movie <laughs> and, and edited. They're like, Jesus Christ, how did you do this? Steve yeah. got into the nitrous oxide again. <laughs> what a rascal he is! Let's give him a promotion. I've always been the type of worker where it's like I, it's like if I have extra time, like I have to be doing something. Like I really, yeah, I, I don't know. It, I've just always been that way. To where it's like, oh, if there's a rule, I feel like I need to follow it. You know, That's I mean, so good. That's but good. I'm I'm keenly aware of the fact that you know I'm working because I have bills. In the the job I'm I'm at is you know it's it, it's what I do because it, it pays the bills. You're working and I've to been live there for a long time, exactly. But it's yes. like if I were to, you know, if I were to win the lottery tomorrow or you know like hit it big as like a writer or something like that, and then you know that's my gig now. You know, like I would, I would quit my job and not think about it twice. <laughs> but as would anyone, time, it's like I, I, I don't want to do anything that's going to jeopardize it. And so it's like, ah, oh, it's it's just weird. I, I, I'll feel guilty. Like if, like years and years ago, I worked with a bunch of guys that would fuck around all the time, and then it got to the point where it was like, okay, they're over there fucking around, and I'm over here, you know, being a one man show working, <laughs> because it's like if I go over and fuck with them, yeah, it's gonna be fun. But I'm gonna feel guilty as shit. It's it's a sad state of affairs when we invest so much into companies that do not really care. Like we invest a ton, and I'd be like, "What would happen if I just left?" They're like, "Oh, they wouldn't remember you." The beat goes on for people who do love their jobs. Though, I'm like, "Oh, I get why you invest invest so much into this thing. I get it." But for some for some of us, I'm just like, "Man, capitalism is a funny thing." It's a funny freaking thing. And like for Dan, Dan, you love what you do, Dan. I do. And I'm also in the camp of Joe where it's like if I'm just 
Like if I have free time and I'm just sitting there, I feel guilty almost. <laughs> I don't know if that's what Joe's saying, but like I personally feel like I should be doing something. I like like they hired me for a reason. I, I have to find something to do. If it gets to the point where I can't find something to do, then, hey, you know what? I've done everything and I feel good about it. But now I'm just bored. But yeah, I, I need to I need that's, to kind of just be busy all the time. I have to beautiful. ask you a question, though, Steve. Yo, do you hate your job? You know, it's funny. Here's what I'll say. Um, I've. I've learned that I have a th- a lot of things would not have happened had I not had this job. If I didn't have this job, album wouldn't have come out. Uh, a lot of you know reading twenty books would just not happen. A lot of things just would not. <laughs> I would be a different human being. I would be able to play it because ch- back in the day when I first started playing at churches where I really wasn't good, they would just give me the um, when I had to go play, they would just let me go and not even clock out for lunch, dude. They would just say, go ahead and come back when you can. That's an unheard of thing at a job. You keep it because it gives you a lot of liberties. Exactly. And I know that they're like, we can give you, you know, they're offering this training to do other stuff. And I'm like, can I listen to, can I listen to music and read books? They're like, no. (laughs) Like, well then I don't, I I'm doing fine. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, why do I need to do a dollar, $2 more an hour finer? No, it's not going to happen. This your work, this podcast, it all makes sense now, Steve. Oh, dude, listen, listen, bro. <laughs> three I'm hours. I'm just fucking with you, man. I'm just kidding. Let's get back to Joe, though, because Joe's the interesting one out of the three of us. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah, that's playing it fast and loose with the term. But <laughs> no, I mean, I'll put it this way: I'm the least interesting between the three of us. That's so, not true. Well, I'm not going to make it about me real quick because I have to ask I Joe a question. That. I have a yeah, I have a lot of questions for Joe. So, Joe, we've been talking a little bit, and. uh Am I to understand here? Am I am I of the uh, understanding that you finished the audiobook? I did. Yeah, I I finally got it finished. I got really motivated. And actually, Hudson, I have to credit you for this motivation because when you recommended um uh War of Art, oh, I dude. it stuck in my brain and I kept thinking, <laughs> I was like, you need to read this book. And so I finally just bought it and then read it and I was like, "Oh my gosh." As you get closer to finishing a project, the resistance gets greater. I literally, all I have to do is finish editing these files, record a couple more, and then I'm done. And and so, yeah, I was like, I'm going to do it. And you know what's really funny is I think it took me four or five hours to get the whole thing done. That's amazing, dude. (laughs) And I put it off for two years. (laughs) Are you kidding me? I shit you not, dude. Dude, Ramirez saw the, the original files. They were dated October of or uh, December of 2018. So when's the tour? When's the book tour coming? Coming? <laughs> yeah, definitely not a book tour. But um, uh, yeah, I got those files all done, and then I I ran them across a, a few friends that you know listen to audiobooks and stuff, and 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 they were like, yeah, they, they sound pretty good. And so now I just need to do that final step and upload them to Audible. But um. I'm I'm planning to do that this weekend, so the book should be up on Audible then. Um, and that's the the first one I I I wrote. It's called I Become Death, and it's a it's more of a novella length. It's like the full uh, the whole audiobook only takes two hours to get through, and um, it's uh it's a story that's like a post uh, zombie apocalypse. I mean, and there's a team of zombie hunters that specialize. And like, uh, you know, clearing buildings like room to room, hand to hand combat with zombies. And they get tasked with escorting an assassin through uncleared territory in the height of summer when, you know, when there's zombies 
all around the countryside moving freely. They have to escort this assassin to this um, small town that's being held by like, you know, this really bad guy with, uh, you know, like a small army at his disposal. And so they escort this assassin there and then, you know, stuff kind of un- unrolls from there. I'm going to need, because uh, I don't have, is there a way that I can just purchase it? Instead, or do I have to just join Audible to get it? Or is it going to be on all uh, audiobook sites? Well, for, for right now, Audible is the only one I looked up. So I'll, I'll just have to do research on the other ones and then find out what the submission process is. And then, yeah, I can get them up pretty much anywhere. Um, you know, I just need to figure out what that, that process is. But most companies make it pretty easy. I, I, I definitely like the Oppenheimer quote, though. I was like, oh, look at I Am, I am Become Death. <laughs> yeah, well I, I kind of leaned sir. on that a little bit. <laughs> well done. I am in. I am, dude, because you know I'm a zombie. Zombies are my thing, bro. So, we, I mean, I'm going to read this book. And I'm talking about, Dan, how quickly will this book be done by me? Audiobook. By lunch break. <laughs> <laughs> by, no lie, I will text Dan and be like, oh, done. Great book. I will read. It will be that fast. Oh, dude. Yeah. No, I, I can't, can't wait. wait. I cannot and, wait. <laughs> hey, and while we're speaking of each other's art, dude, I've been listening to your EP nonstop and oh, I fucking love it. Thank you so much, man. I really, that means the world to me. It touches my heart. I, it really touches my heart. However, we're going to be talking about your book right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just had to say something real quick. I appreciate you know? it. Yeah, I like how you did that. But See, I will he say does this. this, though. He does this, but like, I think you both deserve accolades. Because and I, we, we, and you know what? I appreciate it, Dan. But like, we have an author in the house. I don't know if you got the memo. I know. I feel you. We have more than an author. He's Joe fucking Stark. He's right? the man from Stark <laughs> Industries. Now, I will say this. Oh, I wish, man. I, I wish I had have... Tony Stark's money. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be. This makes it like for me with authors. I, I, uh, I've never interviewed one, and so I want to interview and ask you what is the most interesting name in your book? What name did you come up with and say that's a good name? Oh man. Well, okay. So I wrote, I become death in 26 in 2006. So I was Uh a 26 year old when I wrote this and I had actually been working on a fantasy novel at the time. And then I read, uh, the zombie apocalypse survival guide by Max Brooks. Oh yeah. Yeah. And if number one, any listeners, if you haven't read that and you're into zombie stuff, you got to pick it up. It's, it's a really entertaining read and it, it, it reads like a, you know, it's a survival guide. Yep. And and it's it's just wonderful. And in the part of that book where he talked about the biggest threat would be, you know, eventually people are going to figure out how to fight these things. There are rules. We'll figure them out. And eventually we'll come back. But the people that are, quote unquote, humans, but have zero regard for human life and human suffering and shit are going to do what those assholes do. And they're going to be the real problem. And so that kind of got things percolating in my brain and that was where this idea was born. And then going back to uh, war of art, I was in the middle of a project. What's, what's really sexy in the middle of a project working on another project. <laughs> of course that is dude. That book snapped me out of that. Cause I'd be like, Oh, I'm almost done with this. So let me start on this. I'd be like, no, no, no. You finished Ex- one. Dude. Exactly. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, yeah, I eventually carried that one through and got it, you know, published so it was just like digital so it was like on kindle press and then i figured out how to do it as a print copy and then from there now it'll be released an audiobook um <laughs> it is funny how that works with projects <laughs> it is so the thing is i love there's a story in the war of art where he talks about 
I believe it's on the first. It might be the, his follow-up book where he talks about going into the woods and there's a guy, uh, an author that he ends up next to. And he said, finish this, finish this thing. And he finishes it and he just, t- he's like, all right, now work on the next one and finish that. And you just keep on going. It's a never ending cycle. Um, there's this, uh, I'll send you, I should, I'll text it to you that there's another, there's another book which uh, studies how things work. Like how do people do great things? And they did a test at a college where they said one part of the, one section of the class is going to um, take one photograph. That's it. For your final, you have to pick which photograph you take throughout the year, and then that's going to be your final. And the other half of the class, they said you can take as many photographs as you want, and then you pick the best one for the end. So one side only can take one, and the other side can take as many as they want and pick one. And they said 99% of the people that that were able to take a million a million pictures and choose one out of those had a genius, absolute genius final. Whereas the other ones, all of them were trash. And so he said that the, the goal is to make as much art as you can. That's how you become great. People are going to just gravitate to your great stuff. It's not that Stephen King wrote a million amazing books. It's just he's wrote a, written a million books and a lot of them are good. So people call him a genius because he's oh, just written. So, yeah, he's just written so much. And so he's like, yeah, people gravitate to my great ones because they're great. And people think I'm a genius. It's not that he's batting a foul. He's not batting well. He's just written so much that he's like, oh, yeah, he's a genius. Prince, not all of his songs are great, but he's written a trillion of them. So you pick through Paul McCartney. He's written a bunch of terrible stuff, but you sift through and get such genius that you're like, oh, all of his songs are amazing. You're like, yeah, because it's just the quantity you're pushing out. If you start, if you push out a, just keep on writing books, you're just a genius. They're going to be like, he's a genius. You're like, yeah, because he just continuously goes, 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 goes. And he has so much great stuff that the other stuff you don't even pay attention to. You don't even pay attention to it. Just keep pushing it out, dude. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's, that is truly what you got to do. And and it's like a muscle, like anything else. Like, absolutely. Like I, I recognize that once I got into a groove and I was regularly writing every day again, it was all of a sudden my characters were once again, there were real people you yes. know, in my head. And, and I was really thinking of the way they think. And, um, the, the project that I'm working on right now, um, is a fantasy novel and it's, it's big. Like I've thought through like about 10,000 years of like the world's history and, wow, and all that. I've got notes everywhere on it. I've got like a world map drawn up and stuff. And that one, the next dude, Tolkien I'm over so, here. so stoked. <laughs> What's that Dan? You're like the next Tolkien. You got the Semerillion uh, or whatever that thing's called. <laughs> <laughs> no, th- that is the way my notes read. They they read like the Silmarillion where it's just a bunch of disjointed, you know, things. And it'll just be like a bold heading, you know, like, you know, th- this happened in the first age at this battle. And this was the result of it. This was why that battle happened, you know, because I mean, it, what's weird is that it's like w- when I play in that sandbox with that fantasy world, it's like if I reach a point where I'm like, I'm in that character and I'm writing it and I'm like, well, why do their people think like that? Why do their people do that? And then I'm like, ah, shit. And so then I have to take a break. That's dope. That's <laughs> and when it dope. was nicer out, dude, I'd put my headphones on and just put on like hardcore, like um, uh, ghetto house, like music and yeah. just walk around the block and just like daydream about this shit. And then I'd stop and take notes along the way. That's and, beautiful. oh dude, it, it's fantastic. Beautiful. And what I found that when I listened to like, when I listen to that music, it works really well for whatever reason. I think it's just the, you know, the 
Yes. You know, hose in the house, hose in the house. You know, like, <laughs> like that's usually what I'm writing to, which seems really fucked up, but like it makes my brain percolate. I don't, it's time for the percolator. That's you know, good. When I'm listening to that. <laughs> that's good. And, and you're writing every day, right? Oh yeah, yeah, that's dude. Beautiful man. That is. Um, but but to go back to your question, you'd asked about the an interesting character name. Yes. Um, and so w- when I wrote that book, like so many of the character names in it were just nods to like fictional characters that I loved. Like, mm-hmm. and, um, I become death. It also, it started off as just a seven page short story. Um, and, and that was like the, the first distraction of it was cause I think at the time I was reading fight club and Chuck, <laughs> I, I'm probably going to slaughter his last name, but Chuck Palinuk. Yeah. He has in the forward to fight club, the, the copy that I'd had, he, he had some story about a, a teacher he had had saying that, if you write a short story, you should be able to accomplish whatever you need to accomplish in seven pages. And so that was kind of my my goal for it when I first started out. And then so many people read it and they're like, well, what's next? And so that's, you know, the... That's a great where, thing, by the way. Where it turned into a book, but but so many of the character names in it, there's like Jason and Michael are characters' names. And, and those are nods back to like, you know, the the slasher flicks oh, that I loved when I, when I was a kid and it freaked mm-hmm. me out. Um, the main character's name is Frank Smith. And um, Frank is a nod towards Frank Miller because at the time I was like totally obsessed with, you know, the, the Batman Returns <laughs> yeah. and, and Sin City and shit uh-huh. like that. Um, and so a lot of the names in it are are kind of nods towards things that I loved. But when you get over into the fantasy side, the fantasy book I'm writing, that's where you get to have lots of fun with names because you can just kind of make shit up, you know? I mean, is I mean, you can, I feel like depending on the fantasy genre you're doing, you can, you can run some normal names, but lots of them are just fun. Um, like so one like of what's the, your process when you're coming up with a name that's like, you know, I don't know, like, let's just say you were naming an orc or something like that. Like, what is your process? Do you just like babble <laughs> until you get something out of your mouth that sounds like a name? Usually, usually something to that effect. Um, I remember one of the, one of the first characters I thought of was like one of the, so in the fantasy novel, there's. A, a group of people that are just referred to as the chosen because at one point in this world's history, there was like this big battle that happened. And then the world just kind of was fundamentally different afterwards. Mm-hmm. And this one dude was just like this normal, regular guy, just like a practicing monk. And then all of a sudden he just gets imbued with like this full force of this world. The, the, they got real, a real simple religion where it's just, you know, orders of chaos and orders of creation. And so, you know, they worship a God that they just refer to as the creator. And so this guy was more or less imbued with like the full power of the creator and it drove him like completely insane. And so he was going around and doing things that he wasn't really consciously aware of for like 500 years. And then at that 500 year mark, half of that power split away from him and imbued another random person. And then when that happened, it balanced things out. And all of a sudden this dude, the first chosen, his name was Ian became like sane again. And then Helen, this woman who was, you know, the second chosen, they came together and started working together. And then 500 years later, the power left Ian altogether and jumped into a third person. And then another 500 years later, the power left Helen and jumped into a fourth person. And so then they figured out, Oh, every 500 years, you know, the power leaves the older person and jumps into a new one. So for a thousand years at a time, the power is shared by two people. Dude, come on. But here's the here's the fun part with the chosen is that after you've spent a thousand years of your life with that much power coursing through your veins, you're essentially immortal afterwards. But 
nothing works right anymore because when you had that full power of the creator, you could just wield magic by just thought alone. There, there's no incantations, no, no focusing of your will, none of that shit. And when you learn that stuff as a human magic user, it develops pathways in your brain. And when you're a chosen, those pathways aren't allowed to form because you're not doing magic the same way. You can sit in a class and learn with other students and all the other students just think you're really good at it, but really you're not doing magic the same way they are. And so when you're done being a chosen, it's like, yeah, you're really, you know, you can't die or anything, but you have to learn everything over from scratch. That's true. And then, that you know, what, true. what happens when that happens? What, what, yeah. what does that do to somebody's psyche? If they went from having ultimate power to now nothing and I can't die either. Dude, come on. Yeah, you, and so that got to have some so much thought into this one, man. That is beautiful, dude. I would, like, I've been if... thinking about it for years and years, dude. I mean, decades. I, I came up with the bones of this story called The Unscarred. I came up with the bones of it in like 2005. I think that bad trip helped you. What do you oh, think about yeah. that? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Open things up for you. Seriously, is, you never know. Yeah. Seriously, dude, because that is a profound... I never even thought of anything. Like, for me, if I had ultimate power and it t got taken away, I'd be running into doors because I'd never open a door. I would walk through it. I would be tripping on stairs because I would never take stairs. I would glide up them. I would do nothing that I needed to do. And when the power was taken away, I would just be running into everything. I'd be, I'd be like, dude, I can't just snap my fingers and be in Cincinnati right now? I have to drive? This is for the birds. This <laughs> well, is and for also the then, birds. Then what is the world like if, if there's somebody that is all-powerful that can just more or less, like if they step onto a battlefield, like there, there's no killing them. Yeah. Like they can just keep running around and like, you know, they're so powerful that they can change world events, but they're going to live forever. They have to live with the consequences of those events. Very and true. furthermore, they have all this power when they're young. And they don't know what the fuck they're doing. True. And so a lot of the story also is that, you know, these future generations have to live with the consequences of what these all-powerful beings did before. And and it's it's been a really, really fun story to write. But I and <laughs> anybody who listens to me knows that it takes me forever to answer questions. But <laughs> my, my favorite name in the book is The Sixth Chosen, whose name is Ander. That's a great name. And And I came up with that because, you know, you hear... You hear the last name Anderson fairly regularly. I do. How many people do you know named Ander? Not one. I know it's, one now. It, at some point, someone was named Ander, and they had a son, and then it was Anderson. <laughs> you know? That is true, dude. Or is an Ander something like a Miller or whatever? Ander. <laughs> That's real. That, I love that name, dude. I do love that name. And it's funny that you say, like, if someone... The idea that you've just come up with, it's going to... You could go forever with it. Because no matter... Like you said... uh, when you're young, you do stupid things with the power. But dude, if I got that power at 40 and then lived for millennia, I was still young at 40 then. It doesn't matter when I got that power, I'd be young and stupid with it. You give me the power today, I'm doing stupid stuff. No question. I'm 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 doing ridiculous stuff. So it, it, dude, what a great book that dude. I can't wait. <laughs> Thank you. I and, cannot wait. And with that one, um, I, I learned from the process before, and so I'm actually going to release this one a chapter at a time in audiobook format, like as a podcast uh, oh, series. Oh, nice. Yes. Yeah. And so every like couple weeks or so, there'll there'll be a new chapter that'll release. But I want to get, I'm I'm almost done with the first book now. And it's it's way, like this one will be like proper novel size. <laughs> like it's it's already like, I think about twice, twice the length of um, 
of I Become Death. Uh, but I, I want to get that one all written and record it up and be writing the next one. And then I'm going to start releasing that podcast series. That's really, so you're just going to, you're going to put it on a time release or you're going to actually release it yourself weekly. Yeah. I'll just release it myself. Smart. Like, you know, uh-huh. weekly or, or bi-weekly or something like that. And, and yeah, dude, I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited about it. It's, it's, it's fun to talk about it too, because it's like, um, every once in a while I'll bore my kids' ears off with it <laughs> you know, go I for a walk you... with me and i'll just like yeah. <laughs> can we go home dad that's great can we go home be like yeah you're gonna talk about ander again we got it <laughs> we Man, let got me tell it. you about the battle of karis fawn and what happened with alana <laughs> the fallen <laughs> do they like it though i mean i know you said you you know you jokingly said you bore them with it but do they get into it do they appreciate what you're doing yeah they dig it i i've read them like starts of chapters and stuff of what i got i think i read them the full first first or two or the full maybe first and second chapters of it. And, um, and I was, I was really touched by how they reacted to it. Cause there was moments in it where they were like, looked at each other and were like, Whoa. And, you know, other moments, you know, where, where they were, you know, really shocked at what happened. And yeah. So, I mean, it was really cool watching them react to it. And then afterwards they both, you know, said that they really liked it. And so it was really touching to hear that from the kids. That is now, uh, who's your inspiration as far as, uh, writers who, 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 are the people that are like, I want to do this. Oh man, dude. I, if it weren't for books, like my middle school and high school would have been like so much more boring. Yeah. Um, like I, I just growing up, my dad was a voracious reader and like every shelf we had in the house was just full of paperback novels. And like, he always had one in his lunchbox. He was always reading. And so I grew up, you know, you know, having role models in my life that were reading. So I grew up as a reader as well. And when I discovered uh, sci-fi and um, it was more fantasy that, that really did it for me. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, I don't even really remember for sure what the first fantasy book I read was, but the, the author that clicked with me the most was a guy named Raymond E. Feist. And he released a series of books starting in the eighties called the Rift War Saga. And it, the first oh. one is called Magician. And it is really, really fantastic. Um, if if you read like the the notes and stuff in his book, it started off as kind of their own like D and D group where they made their own world, and there was like a regular group of friends that always came over and they played around there. And then eventually, they were like, "Ray, you've got to, you know, write this novel that tells the story of how the greater path of magic, you know, came back to the world of Mechemia." And that was what Magician became. And then he ended up writing a whole series of books that follows up. And what's really cool is like, as you read through, you can read like several generations of characters' lives, like in these books as they go on. And and he's just always, the way he writes and, and the stories and the characters and that just, when I grew up reading them over and over and over again, it was like, they just became a big part of my life. And, um, you know, I also read Lord of the Rings and stuff. And, and I, I appreciate Lord of the Rings for what it is and in the depth of what Tolkien did with it, because I mean, you know, doing something along those same lines where you're really creating an entire world and everything to the depth to which he did it and other writers, you know, like George R. R. Martin and you know, that, I mean, Tolkien, he wrote like an actual viable language for the elves, which is insane. <laughs> yeah, he put it's in totally work. insane. You know, I mean, and just how do you not respect that level of work? And also writing it as long as ago as he did. You know, I mean, how many other storylines do you see where there's elves and orcs and stuff in it? I mean, 
you know, it, it all harkens back to Tolkien and, and, and maybe there's a deeper knowledge that I don't know, because I think a lot of Tolkien stuff, didn't it draw from like, you know, mythology and stuff like that from, from where he was from maybe. Oh, I imagine so. There's no, I mean, yeah. you even see, uh, you know, a lot of these fantasy has been around. We can all think of popular fantasy books, but there's none. There's certain names for some reason that end up just being synonymous with like Tolkien. He just ended up being this thing where it's like, and a lot of people write books and they don't think it's going to be as big as it is, you know? So when you, you see some of these people getting interviewed, like, so, uh, uh, like dude from, a uh, dude, what's his name? I forgot his freaking name. I was watching an interview with one of these dudes and he doesn't, you know, that you ask them a question. Like, I don't know. I just was, you know, writing. Because they never think that it's going to be as big as it is. So you never really keep notes on how did I do this thing? They're like, I don't know. Just, you know, started writing and it happened. You know, a lot of Stephen King interviews is like, look, you know, you start a book and you just write it. You know, it wasn't a thing where it's like, (laughs) ah, this is where it's just like you just start writing and you get into these characters. And like, you're going to be interviewed, bro. And I'm glad that you're going to have the answers to these questions. They're going to say, where did Ander come from? You're going to say, funny, you should ask. (laughs) <laughs> and blow them away with a with an answer. They're like, "Oh, wow!" You know, you're not lackadaisical, like just saying, "Oh, I'm just going to write this thing." It means something to you. You're like walking around meditating and getting ideas, dude. Your interviews are going to be insane. Oh yeah, I mean my my characters are like very real for me, <laughs> and like you know, so much of you know during stressful times of 2020 and stuff like that. That was where I escaped to for a lot of it. Like, you know, if I had like a really, really stressful day at work, it's like after work, put on the ghetto house, go for the walk, <laughs> like that's fully good. immerse yourself into that other side of your brain, you know, that's not processing logic. It's just, you know, basically just in, in existing in a fantasy world, but like trying to point that in a direction where, you know, you can do something creative with it. That's a beautiful thing, dude. And and my thing is, do do you have any characters in your book? Or do you do this with all your characters where they have a backstory that you don't write about, but it helps you flesh them out where in your brain. Oh, dude, every one of them. Okay. <laughs> I, I, have a, I have a note where every character where it's like, you know, oh, I know stuff that happened to them when they were little kids. Oh, that, that is that, That's the reason that they are the way, like this guy is like this because he lacked this critical skill, even though he was fantastic in this other skill, but his dad didn't give a shit about that. His dad wanted him to have this other skill, but- Oh, his twin sister's really strong in that skill, but the dad wanted the son to have it, so he does he's not he's not kind to his dude, daughter either. Come on. Oh, I'm yeah, in. dude. Yeah, that's, I'm in. <laughs> I am so that's these in. that's these twin characters named Hoke and Hawk. And dude, I thought of Hoke and Hawk for so so long ago. Uh they're twins and they share this mental bridge between them. So no matter how far away they are, if they close their eyes, they can go into this like shared common room that's between their minds. That's and it's dope, like a dude. room that's kind of always the same. Whereas like on, on hoax side, he's got like a bunch of, you know, like whiskey and bottles and like swords on the wall and shit. But on Hawk's side, it's all library shelves and books and stuff like that. Dude, and that is awesome. And Oh dude, uh, Hoke and Hawk story is so cool <laughs> <laughs> because they, they work as basically like an emissary pair where, where they're called a bonded pair where one of them can stay put and the other one can go out in the field and basically speak with the authority of this this place they're from is called the Watchtower of Terransay. And so they're emissaries of Terransay, and they can basically speak with that authority because even though they might be thousands of miles away on the other side of the kingdom, you know, mentally between the bonded pair, they're 
you know, they're, they're right there. And, and then there, they've, there's also like a component of like teleportation magic with them. And then that breeds more or bleeds more into the story where you can find that a lot of the old Kings kingdoms in the book are really uh, like fallen on hard times because of something that happened in a battle between chosen, you know, thousands of years before. And it's just, there's this, this point that my story is taking place in. It's like, there's these kingdoms that are fallen on really hard times and this newest chosen just feels compelled to leave this sheltered Valley where he was born and like, go back out into the ancient world. And when he does like all things, like these things start popping again. And that's kind of where my story picks up Come is on, with man. him, like setting this, like doing what he can to like set the ancient world back in order and restore this fallen kingdom. They got to find the, the lost heir. And like I said, like I've written, thousands of years of history. <laughs> and so now that it's like all coming out and it's like, it's going from my notes and it's actually, I sit, spend time and sit and actually write these things out. Like it's, it's so cathartic to me to get it out on paper and I'm so excited to release it and get it out there. And, um, <laughs> I can, never mind. I can't thank you enough for asking me questions about it. And I'm sorry, I'm babbling on it, but I, I never get the opportunity to like talk about the work. So it's, it's really exciting to me. <laughs> Which awesome. it should be dude. Can you give us an ETA on when this might be coming out? Oh, let's see. Um, I would like to think within the next few months. Oh, snap. Uh, I'll I'll be getting that going. A because 2021 release. It's for sure going to be a 2021 release. Dude, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm super I'm super stoked for it, man. It's um it, it's been a long time coming and I've I've got a lot of stories planned out for it and and just knowing that I don't know. It was almost like an epiphany when I had that moment of, dude, you should release it as a podcast series. Like That's everybody dope. loves podcasts. Everybody loves audiobooks. No, you know, the people talk about reading books, but half the time, if you press them a little harder, they're like, well, I listened to a book. You're like, yeah, there's no, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when, when I first did, I become death, you know, I grew up with paper books. And so that was the thing I was most stoked to have. And then the first question right away, the first logical question in the world we live in is, when you're doing the audiobook, and it's like, oh shit, yeah, that's really how I should have done it. And so I'm, you know, I'm doing things differently this time around. And then, um, you know, probably when the when you know each each individual story is done, because I've got the first three books like mapped out really well in my head. Mm -hmm. um, and when that first one's done, you know, maybe then it would be released. Like, you know, you could pick up a print edition of it or something like that if you wanted it. But but yeah, well, it it'll more or less just be up, and I'll probably just have like a. Uh, like a PayPal donate or something like that. And if people want to donate, then they totally can. And if not, then Hey, enjoy the story. I had fun writing it. I love the idea that you're doing like this episodic podcast thing, because I remember, gosh, I started listening to podcasts roughly like 2005. And there was this author by the name of Scott Siegler. I don't know if you heard his name before, but I, I believe the book that he had in that format was called Earthcore, and forever since I listened to it, but it was like, it had me hooked. And I love, you know, like, like now we have like WandaVision and things like that that are coming out and they're more episodic as opposed to like binging. I think that that's something that we need to get back to. So I love that you're doing that. Oh yeah. I mean, and I love releases like that. Like, like the way that WandaVision's going right now and, and how everybody's on the edge of their seats, you know, the people watching it week to week are on the edge of their seats and all the speculation and everything and what's going on. It, it, that, that release model is really fun. And, and so, yeah, the, the thought of doing like a episodic podcast series like that was really appealing to me. Holy shit. You guys, 
I really hate to take a left turn here, but uh, is it okay if I give an announcement, like a community announcement? Let's do it. All right, man. I think this, trust me, it's worth it. I'm sorry, Joe, but this is worth no it. No worries, man. No, sounds good. Oh, wow. Breaking news. So I just get this notification on my phone right now, and uh, congratulations are in order. Ladies and gentlemen, Johnny Bucks just got engaged. Oh, oh congrats. Congrats, John. Oh, John, I'm just so happy for you, man. I'm sorry. I, I feel bad for kind of like taking that into this weird term, but I just saw it. And, you know, John <laughs> is a um, a very special person to us. He's been with us since the very beginning. He's become a great friend. And uh, I am thrilled for you, John. Fucking happy for you, man. Congratulations. Wow. That was like crickets. <laughs> you, didn't my, you didn't hear my clap? <laughs> my clap was dope. Congratulations to John. What do y'all think? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, John. I'm super, super happy for Congratulations, you. Man. I, I apologize for, for straying away from the conversation, but God damn it. I just love when people find love. You know what I mean? The, the world always needs more love in it. And, and when any, anytime two people can find each other like that and they can make it work, no, my hat's off to them. Can I pause for a second, you guys? Yeah, yeah. Would it be distracting if we put like a link out to where people could actually just listen, not join in the conversation, but would it distract you guys to have like different names up on listeners? the Listeners? Yeah, listeners. Yeah, I don't care if they're listening. No, no, right, I don't cool. mind. They want to hear Joe talk about his amazing book live. <laughs> what are we talking about right now? Are right, you want to get into the contact info? Hi. It's Dan. I interrupt people. That's what I do. Sometimes I'm good. Sometimes I'm bad today. I'm just okay. But if you want to get a hold of the show, there's several ways to do it. And I'm going to tell you how to do that right now. Okay, here we go. If you want to reach us by email, hit us up at Heroes of Noise Podcast at gmail.com. That is Heroes of Noise Podcast at gmail.com. Reach us on Twitter at Heroes of Noise. You can reach me, Dan at Dan Q Public, Steve at SE underscore Hudson Music. And of course, you can just go to www.heroesofnoise.com and just reach us there. It's a good place to be. Check it out. We're always putting work in. I like it. Leave us a voicemail. Subscribe to the show. Send links. Read our reviews. We got new reviews out. One by uh, Stephen Samara Wickmara. Wickmara, I can't even say his name, but goddammit, I love you, Stephen. But anyway, yeah. Contact information done. One and done. That's it. Let's get back to it. So, I Am Become Death is available on Audible right now. Not yet. Not yet. It, um, I didn't quite do the full Oppenheimer quotes, just I become death. I become death. Okay. Um, it's, it's not on Audible right now. Right now, if you were to look it up on Amazon, yes, you could get it a, either a digital copy for like a, a Kindle or you could order like a print copy. Hold on. I'm about to, I'm going to, cause I'm going to tell them exactly what to Google or to, to <laughs> so I'm on Amazon. Oh, I become death. It comes right up with Jay Stark, yeah, ladies and go. gentlemen. <laughs> if it doesn't come up, that means you're 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 googling it wrong. I become death comes right up with Jay Stark, and oh come on, this is a steal. This is a steal, <laughs> dude. Yeah, I think it's like nine ninety nine for the print copy yes, or something. Like That's not not too bad. Free delivery for Prime members, ladies. Now, do you have a do you have a um forward? Do you have like a, a forward before it starts, or do you just get right into it? No, it just gets right into it. it, it you know, and and that was written by you know a very raw, inexperienced twenty six year old. <laughs> and like, what's funny is that when I was going through and and you know, you, you, because I'm sure if you were to go back and listen to something that you recorded, oh Jesus. in, in two thousand six, you know, oh, at the dude. time you'd be like. 
this is the best I can do. I'm really, really proud of it. Yes. And then if you were to listen to it later, as long as you keep practicing an art, you're going to get better at it. Yes. I mean, it, it. hopefully, at least accidentally, you get better at it. Yes. You know? Accidentally, and, yes. And so, like, going back now and, like, when I'm reading, when I was reading it and recording those the audiobook, I'd be like, oh, I can't believe you used that same word twice in that sentence. That's redundant and I don't like it. <laughs> you know, like of course. That sort of stuff. Or, or, um, you, you know, little nitpicky things, but I'm sure you experienced this when you were working on your album, but it's like, if, as a writer, like, I feel like I could sit and agonize over a sentence. Of course, And dude. be like, do I split this into two sentences? Uh-huh. I don't know. I I really like, I'm a big fan of the semicolon. I'm a so big, I. I, I speak in semicolon. long rambling sentences. I yeah. should write in them. <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing. Do, does When you listen to it or read your old book, does it give you the same feelings as when you wrote it? I'm not gonna lie. As I was reading it and then listening through it, I was I was proud of what 26. There it is. That's all that mm. matters. If it gives you the same emotion, be like, oh, I feel exactly when I wrote this. I remember where I was living or walking around. Then that's all that matters because that means it's gonna transport people, and that's all you wanted to do. It wants you to be like, I want you to feel the way I was feeling at that time. That's it. You know, I mean, I could read. I'm sure we could read different authors that we love today and read their old stuff and say. I, that was, wow, they sound like a totally different author because they were. They were a totally different author because they were a totally different person almost. There, exactly, There's right? the forward that you need right there. It should be older Joe Stark doing a forward to younger Joe Stark's book. Oh, come on, Joe. <laughs> Where you do one 13, 14 years later, you're like, look, this is a reissue. I just wanted to, come on, that would be awesome. Dude, that's great. I, th- I think I'm going to have to, I'll record it as an afterword probably. Yes, dude. No, I'll do that. I mean, I'll, uh, I really, really like that idea. I'm going to take that to heart and include it. I like that. Awesome. That I think it would be, be cool. I think it'd be interesting because, you know, I mean, I've have like these recordings of old podcasts that are shit, but I, every once in a while I've gone back just to listen and there's so much growth that's happened between now and then, you know, so it's like, I can only imagine when you're actually doing something that's like actual literature and all this work that you put in going back now, what did you say? 14 years ago, something like that. Yeah. And you know, with the 14 year old, excuse me, your brain's 14 years older. Now you've had so much more experience. You know, what do you think of what you wrote? Like, have you changed? Have you, um, are there those things like, Oh, I would have done it differently. Or or what would you tell younger Joe as he was writing this book? I would love to hear that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and I definitely had those thoughts going through and reading it. Um, you know, and, one of the the feedback that I've gotten the most often from people who read the print copies of it was, and I, I, I heard this one a lot, and this is the one that always touched me the most, was when people would say, I don't read ever, and I bought this, you know, just to support you, and, like, I read it and couldn't put it down. That's beautiful. Dude. And so when people who say, you know, I don't normally read, and I had a really easy time writing the, reading this and and really enjoyed it, you know, that's the best for me, because... You know, for, for a lot of people, you know, for, for, you know, a multitude of reasons, you know, reading just isn't their jam. And, and so to, to hear that sort of feedback from somebody that isn't, you know, a, a big reader was like really, really fantastic. That is beautiful, dude. That's why I can't wait to, I can't wait to read it and immediately text you and be like, dude, or hit you up on Facebook. Like, oh my God, this part, <laughs> this is crazy. Now it's going to be difficult for me to. Though, as Dan knows, when I listen, like when I listen to your weekly pod, it's going to drive me because I'm going to want to know what happens right then. I'm going to be hitting you up on Facebook and be like, look, I know you have all the files. (laughs) (laughs) I know this right now. So how about this? (laughs) Because I'm going to want to know what happens 
right when it's done, I'll be like, oh no, I need to, I need this next file yesterday. So <laughs> you're going to wait till the different. end, Steve. Huh? You're going to wait till the end. Like like WandaVision. Uh-uh. Now for Stark's book, I'm just going to ask for it up front. There you go. But, <laughs> but no, I'm going to be listening to Stark's every week and be like, listen, uh, are you going to do like a double dropping this week? Possibly. Cause I know I'm going to love it. I already know I'm going to love it. And dude, I mean, the, I become death is going to be a gimme because zombies. What are, what are we what are we talking about right now? <laughs> what are we talking about right now? Zo- All right, now is there going to be a, another zombie one coming? You know, and I get asked that question. People are like, "Oh, I want to see a sequel to that," and I'm like, "Well, I, I'm I, my brain is so far into thinking stories yeah, for for the unscarred that yes. I'm like, I I kind of had some ideas uh, on where I become death could go, but I didn't really flush it out much more beyond. You know, like like a, a rough pencil sketch. Okay. And right. and and so then I, I and, and since I become death was kind of my distraction work anyway. <laughs> I'm feeling like okay, good, you got that out there. It, you know, you you wrote something that you were able to take through the whole process. It's it's a complete story. You released it as a book. Good job. Now, let's really focus on getting this next one done. You know, like what you were saying earlier. You know. Finish a job on to the next true. job. That's true. And I, I took this one up to like, what, like 99% and then just let it sit forever. And so I'm kind of trying to make amends by, okay, let's finish that, get it properly released. And then when it's good to go, fully dive back into the unscarred and, and get that done. Dude, do you understand? Look, and here's the thing I'm going to appreciate now in about a year because they're going to be like, you had Joe Stark on your show at one point. And I'll be like, yeah. Before he exploded at, you know, going to Comic-Con and stuff, I did. I had him on the show, you know, when he was, uh, because you're going to explode, dude. I'm going to remember these days because you are going to explode. I'm like, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that is too kind of you, dude. Oh, no, <laughs> I mean, no. I'm, I, mean, I have you know, no question. No question. It's I mean, that, not a That would be the dream, man. I mean, and if I... I mean, that's, that's what I've, if, if any point in time in my life, if, if, if you had asked me like, what do you really want to do with your life? I'd be like, I want to tell stories. There it is. You know? And, um, like the first things I got published were in high school and it, it's funny looking back now because at the time it was so exciting, but now it's like, it was for, through like poetry.com, oh, which that's is awesome, you know, kind of like a scam where they take almost anybody's poem. And they're like. It was selected to be published. By the way, do you want to buy this thirty dollars deluxe hardback edition? You know, it's kind of a yes. scam. But at the at the time, you know, it gave me that boost in confidence that yes. you know, like, oh, keep doing this. And and so eventually when I got to the point where I'd get letters from that place and be like, We want you in our new compendium. It's like, fuck your face. <laughs> you fucking send me these letters. And then I was like, I was like, write something that has code in it to where if somebody cracks the code, it says poetry.com is a bunch of cons. You know? That would be hilarious. But then I was like, that no, no now you're giving them too much yourself. Just throw it in the garbage and move on. <laughs> that would be free. If you put codes in certain books, that would be freaking hilarious. I was totally going to do it on, on that. And then I was like, no, no, just, just like if the first letter, if you add up the first letter of all 30 of your books, it'd be like, oh, poetry.com is a terrible website. Like, wow, <laughs> it all adds up to this. I'm glad I got all 30. <laughs> Joe, I just purchased your book, bud. Oh, dude. <laughs> Thank you. I, I really hope you enjoy it, man. Here's the thing, though. I have a request. Yes, sir. It's going to cost me a little bit more, but if I send it to you, will you please sign it? Oh, without a doubt. Awesome. Steve, I got a signed book coming. 
<laughs> okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on. So if I buy your book and send it to you, you're going to like put a personalized message on it? Yeah, dude, I'd, I'd sign it for you. I'd sign it and send it back to you. I want a message. <laughs> I'm sure I could come up with something. Because, it, dude, Dan, if you get the me- if you get a, a signed copy, yeah. and then when when Stark blows up, and people are, and you're like, hey, I got a signed copy. They're like, yeah, we all got it at Comic Con. We did too. Good for you. <laughs> Me, I'll be like, did you get a paragraph though? I got a personalized paragraph from it, and they're gonna be like, oh, we didn't get that. I'm like, I know you don't, because I know that I know him. Next question. You're not gonna be able to prove you know him, G. You know what? You're right. I think I want a paragraph too. <laughs> Well, yeah. Enjoy the shitty handwriting. <laughs> and be like, oh, why do you scribble this word out? And it's like, because he's a lunatic and a perfectionist. <laughs> then they're going to be like, is the Stark scribble on your paragraph? I'm like, yeah. It's got the Stark scribble too. No, I'm, I'm looking like, okay, way well, in the future with this though. See, because like after I die, I'm going to preserve this book, right? And I'll pass it down to my son who will then take it <laughs> on to the Antiques Roadshow, right? Maybe my grandson. Maybe my great-grandson. They'll take it on the Antiques Roadshow. And then they will have this passage about this famous author that wrote their great grandfather. And that's just, just going to go up and up and up. Oh, dude, no question. And you're not going to have to take it on the antiques road, though, because as soon they're going to be like, oh, we don't need to even take it. We know that it's worth millions because it has Jill Stark's name on it. Yeah, you don't have to tell me that, though, because I'll be dead by that time. I'm not going to. That's de- true. I'm not letting go of the book. It's going to be in the will. You think Antiques Roadshow is going to be around when you die, Dan? Yeah, probably not. I'm just telling a story, Steve. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to shoot the shit. You guys give the best pep talks. <laughs> <laughs> I like to build people up and go, ah, I'm just fucking around. We well, totally Hudson is a out. wellspring of, of hope and positivity as yes, is. Yes, he is. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> so it's I like, just, I believe, there's, no, I'm serious. You're going to, like, you're going, especially since you said, I want to tell stories. That doesn't just mean books. That means scripts. That means everything. Dude, you're, it's, you're, you're going to be fine. You'll be fine. If somebody wants to redo your your movie, or like I would watch I Become Death. Assassins and Zombies. <laughs> it is a fantastic concept. Like, why wouldn't I watch that? Because there's gonna be blood gore. I'm there. Let's do this. Zombies, let's go. Heat, <laughs> hot, gross. D- dude, we're in. Let's do this thing. What are we talking about? And I, I'm glad that, you know, I understand you're going to finish this book, but you know me and zombies, and you know when I finish it, I'm going to be like, all right, dude, listen, I need to know what happens to all my characters. <laughs> Where, or you can even say, you can fake me out. I'll call you and be like, just tell me the story of what happens to them. And you could just make something up on the spot, and I'll be fine then, too. Because you told me the finish. Because it's your people. You're like, here's what happened to this person. Here's what I'll be like, okay, I'm good. Now I know. But I can't just be like, they're all alive and I don't know. No, we, we, we got to remedy that yesterday. I can see you guys like sharing, somehow sharing a room. It's the next C2E2. Oh, dude. I and the lights know. are out. And Steve's, you guys are just lying in your individual bed. <laughs> and fucking Steve's like, Joe. Yeah, Steve. <laughs> Does Frank make it out okay? <laughs> yeah, he's going to be all right, Steve. And I'll be like, I'll say, I know he almost got bit, so <laughs> did he really? Was it a scratch or was he actually? And you'll be like, I'm going to sleep, Steve. I just like, yeah, I just like that you get their satisfied answer and you just kind of go, hmm. You just you bundle up a little bit more and go off to a nice, blissful sleep, Steve. No, because then I'll think, <laughs> but wait, he was not ever good at that thing. How is he going to? So you're going to be like, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> then you write the next because I am going to be invested in in this in this book. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to be overly invested and I'm going to want a sequel. 
because that's how I do things. And I want like immediate satisfaction. Like I want the sequel now for sure, dude. I cannot wait. Ladies and gentlemen, on Amazon, I become death. Jay Stark is what's going to fill in when you when you uh, search for it. Get it yesterday. And uh, I'm sorry, but you won't get a signed copy because we are getting those. That's special people stuff. Yeah, you know, I mean, hey, look, look, listen. This is what happens when you know celebrities. When you like know them. Things like this. Elbows and such. Rubbing, you got to rub out. You were at, like, you got to, you, Dan, you got to meet everybody. I did. I haven't met everybody. It was a pleasurable experience. You could have had the same experience, Steve. Yeah, We've but talked coronavirus. About well, yeah, but still. I mean, it's <laughs> details, you know? We, all, we well, all took that chance, man. You guys really took a weird chance when you we did back on it. I mean, Jesus. Like, did you think, Joe, was that even a concern of yours? It was. There was something that Lindsay had brought up maybe like a month or so before C2E2. She was like, uh, this this all stuff's starting to look really freaky. Are you sure we should go? And you know, like, well, let's just keep following and see how things are. And I mean, it was, I mean, it really was down to the Nats' ass, man. I think it's C two E two been a couple weeks later. It probably might have been called off. Yeah, for sure, it would have been called off. Yeah, Gail was freaked out that I was going. She had me packed. Like, I felt like I was a. You know, like when your mom used to pack your lunch and stuff mm-hmm. for you and make sure when she's sending you off to camp, like that's how she hooked me up. I had the wipes for when I get on the plane. <laughs> Perfect. You know, full body condom, the whole bit. But it, yeah, it was, uh, I'm really fortunate. Like I feel very fortunate that we were able to do that. You know what I mean? Because agreed. I don't know. I, I have no, this is just my opinion. No one else has said this and I have no reference point, but to me, that was probably the best, the best C2E2 ever. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was really good. I don't know how many of you guys have gone to, three, four of them, something like that. But to me, seems like that was the best one. I will say this. I think there's going to be another one. It's just everyone's going to have to carry their card, their vaccination card. And they're going to have another. It's just going to be a thing where things go forward. You just have to have your card on you. Guaranteed. You can only take your masks off during karaoke. Oh, oh, <laughs> you and you didn't do karaoke, Dan. No, I blame Scott for that one. Scott shooting. I, I, I blame you, sir. How is he blamed again? Uh, well, we had, it was a saving money situation, so I appreciated that, but we were supposed to go to this, uh, I forget what it's called, but it's like this huge karaoke bar where it's like, we don't have it. Tell us what it is. We'll find that shit and you can sing it. So I was kind of excited about that, but we ended up doing something that ended up being a lot funner actually. So I'm okay with it. I didn't need to get out there to have my vocal stylings heard by the, you know, the Chicago people. We ended up partying in the lobby of the hotel that we were staying at or that he was staying at. Well, he rented a suite. It was really, it was dope. It was a really nice suite, but there's a whole bunch of us in there being super, super loud. So we all got like sent away. We had to, he's like, no, you guys are going to have to leave. I'm sorry. Cause you're going to get me in trouble. So we all ended up going down into the lobby and that became like probably my funnest part of the whole weekend was just hanging out in that lobby. It was great. Dude, the, uh, one day. Well, then again, here's the thing. We will be able to do it kind of getting together, like on, you know, Riverside FM, how we all got to kind of talk, not face to face. But it was nice seeing everybody. Yeah. So in a way, you know, I, I got to meet some people. Not we'll everyone, get you though. introduced to everybody eventually, but there ain't nothing like the real thing, Steve. That's what they <laughs> tell me. That's what they tell me. That's what the song says, and I have to believe it. Here's a million-dollar question, Joe. Yes. Are you going to go this year? If if it's in December, probably not. Yeah, I'm with I, you. I just don't see how the timing of it would work, but... I don't know. Never say never, I guess. Let's take Christmas out of it, though, because, I mean, that, that's kind of like my big concern is right around Christmas and, you know, this gets costly. But let's just say um, let's say Christmas wasn't a factor. Would you feel comfortable about going this year? Hmm. 
I mean, that's that's a really valid point right there that I, I guess I, I was so focused on the just the time it was where it's like, would you feel comfortable going to something like that by then? Because I don't know about you, but if I was to go to this C2E2 this year, that's going to be the first time that I'm around thousands of people. And you know how big that fucking oh, place yeah. is. Oh, yeah. So I, I don't know, man. I think I might end up waiting until 22 and see what happens. 22? Jesus. Yeah, well, it's only a year. I know, but shoot, I, if if I would not, I would not cancel it unless the variant starts running. You know what? That's going to happen. What am I talking about? That variant's coming. So well, here's the thing that's weird about them doing it in December when they normally do it just a few months later. It's like, why not just wait? That's true. And you just don't have one in yeah. 2021. Is skip it, a is year. It, I mean, I don't understand the business side of it, but I mean, is it that big of a deal if you just skip a year? I'll be honest with you, Joe. I don't think it's going to happen. Wouldn't surprise me. I just heard on the news the other day that they weren't really thinking about having, or was it um, Biden was talking about like, not everyone's going to be vaccinated until at least Christmas. So I don't even think this is going to be something to worry about. I'm not even going to trip on it. So Comic-Con's not happening either in your print. Comic-Con this year? Oh yeah. Comic-Con's not happening for sure. Hasn't been canceled yet though. I haven't heard any news on it, but I think that by now they would be, I think tickets would already been sold. Oh, word. Or maybe it happens in March. doesn't really matter to me because I can't ever fucking get in anyway, so I stopped paying attention years ago. <laughs> I remember one time before a show you were trying to get, and you're like, I logged in right when they went, and you weren't able to really uh, get what you wanted. Yeah, it's like that with concert tickets. And nowadays, like it's everything's uh, PS5s. Everything's a waiting room. Yeah, no, I couldn't get in. Yeah, dude. I, I, the, I'd have better luck getting the PS5, I think, than, get, than uh, getting the <laughs> Oh, you did get a PS5, didn't you? This has oh, been quite shit, the year for you. I forgot about that. Sorry. That was a bad analogy. This has been quite the year for you, Dan. No, it's a gift. Stop it. Why do you take things down so much? Why don't you be like, I don't you know, know yeah, I want to talk about <laughs> material possession, Steve. I, I, I just don't like to do that. Yes. It makes me uncomfortable. No, that's not true. <laughs> that's how he keeps it real. Yeah, that's true. You do I mean, the whole, <laughs> I, I ain't got much. You know what I'm saying, brother? Living I don't like nice... talking about material possessions. Really? Yeah. Is that a real thing? I do it is because of you. Really? Yeah. Me, you're, you and your egg. You and your, your car. I forgot it's all just, about your egg, dude. I, I don't know. I just don't like talking about it. I that. forgot all about the egg. That actually came up on a podcast recently. What? The big green egg? Yeah. Someone was like, uh, someone said, man, that's just a working class cat. And they're like, that dude has an egg. And I was like, oh my God, so <laughs> this dead. It's a good piece of equipment. <laughs> that's a smoker, right? Yeah. It's the uh, what is it, Kom- Komodo, I think they're called. Komodo smokers. Nice. Komodo smokers. I don't know. It's a big green egg to me, but there's like a, it's a certain type of uh, it looks like an avocado. Actually, I don't know why they. Call yeah, they it totally a, do look like an avocado. Yeah, but they're great. They man. look they, really they, nice. They uh, you can sustain heat. You could smoke like ribs or whatever at like 225 with one like one box of charcoal all day. Nice. Long. Yeah, it's really cool. I, I need a grill. I still need to get that grill, Dan. You don't need to get real extensive, though. You're grilling vegetables, Steve. Why I do you want to go all? But people why do you want to so get all fancy? I tried not to until my friend was like, oh, you're grilling mushrooms, vegetables? Oh, well, then you definitely need. And then another dude was like, no, 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 no. You know what you need? to? I was like, oh, it's more serious than I thought. Buy a fucking Weber. You're done. That's all you need. <laughs> they did dude, not I've even gotta, mention that one. I got a Cadillac of a grill. Um, we, we had that bad windstorm that hit the Midwest in uh, the first part of August. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a huge tree branch fell, and it crushed my my regular offset smoker. And so I was able to get some insurance money my way for that. 
And so then I didn't have to pay full price in my mind. <laughs> I wasn't paying That's full how price do. out of my pocket yeah. mm-hmm. for, for a green mountain grill because that was like a freaking $800 grill or something like that. I, I don't even like saying you it. You got a like green mountain grill? I'm looking yeah. it up. I am too. Dang! I got the Daniel Boone model, the Prime Plus. I can connect to it with my phone's Wi-Fi and maintain temperature, uh, monitor the internal temperature on the, the meat I'm cooking on two different leads. And then there's a server mode where you can connect your, your grill to Green Mountain server, and then I can go anywhere I have internet access. Like, I could be at the grocery store and be like, oh, shit, I need to go grab something. And I can still just check my phone and be like, oh, yeah, meat, it's still holding at 225. Uh, internal Good temperature, Lord, that dude. Boston butt is... You know, oh, it's 150. I got to get home soon. I got to pull that and wrap it when it gets to 165. Okay. Giggity. What is that stuff in the the side? Uh, On the side of it? Yeah. Those are smoke pellets, Steve. Those are pellets. Smoke pellets? I've never heard of So this is is a pellet grill. So basically, whenever you mill wood. As one does, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not not that you specifically or me specifically, but, but but when one who perhaps owns a mill mills wood, yeah, of course, sawdust is going to be a natural byproduct. Uh-huh. Some lunatic figured out that if you take sawdust and you compact it down tight enough, it releases the natural sugars that are in the fibers of the wood, uh-huh. and it'll stick together like a self-contained pellet, and it burns really good for charcoal. Or, you know, for like a smoker. And so the way that this Green Mountain Grill works, and I'm pretty sure like Traeger Grills work the same way, is that these pallets or these pellets go in this hopper. At the bottom of the hopper, it goes down to a funnel, which drops it onto an auger. And then that auger turns and it slowly Jesus. feeds those pellets into like a fire pot that's inside the grill. There's also a fan that runs and blows a direction or blows a current of air down the auger so that it doesn't backburn into your hopper. And then it, you know, pushes the smoke into the, the cooking chamber that way. Dude. So this, uh, this yours is a Daniel Boone, right? Yeah. So can you dial in your heat from your phone? Yeah. Oh, that's dope. Oh, Dan's yeah, thinking. Dude. Dan is dude, it's, thinking. It's, well, I had to get an extension. With the, <laughs> the egg doesn't have that. I had to buy this. this I forget what it's called, actually. I actually uh, broke it. <laughs> so I have to get another one. But it's a fan that you can <laughs> dial it in on your phone, which is super, super convenient. But if it's like an all-in-one thing. I perhaps maybe I need to rethink my purchase. Maybe I need to go, and then they have the was it Daniel Boone, and then they have the uh, Davy Crockett. What the fuck's going on with that one, Joe? So the Davy Crockett's just a little bit smaller. It, it doesn't have like a full base. Um, I'm part of like a couple of different Green Mountain groups, like on Facebook and, and Reddit and stuff. Mm-hmm. And what a lot of people do with those Davy Crockett's is they'll go out and there's some specific toolbox that they get where it's it's almost like a like a commercial like storage tote type thing like maybe it's like a dewalt and for whatever reason like the notches on the top work really well to hold it and then when the thing's contained and you got it all broken down it fits inside the tote okay but but for when i was pricing them i was like there wasn't that big of a price difference between the davy crockett and the daniel boone and so go big or go home don't go all the way (laughs) it's funny because this week uh, I was talking to Belle and she was like, ah, I got to get, get some stuff for my dad. And my dad and I are shopping. I was like, what are you getting? She's like, we need to buy some pellets for his oven. I was like, I think you just made that up. <laughs> That's I've probably never... what they were talking about. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, what's a pellet of it? She's like, I don't know. He has one of the only stoves that use this. I'm like, I don't think it's real. She's like, there's only one store that sells oven pellets. And now listening to you, I'm like, oh, it's a thing amongst cookers. That's adorable because it's just a whole pile of misinformation. 
is but it's it, like coming from a good place. You know what I mean? What is it? Like my dad's got the only smoker in California. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's uh, only one place you can get the It's pellets. his no, actual it. stove inside his house. Oh, like his furnace? Yeah, like that. He, like where he cooks, he needs pellets. And he's, he's hmm. like, he won't get rid of it. It came with like, it's from his, his, you know, they've had the house for years, years and years. He's like, I'm not going to get rid of this. So the pellets are his only means of cooking oven heat cooking. Yes. This is what he cooks with. Oh, because I mean, that's interesting. Most of these pellets are for smoking, like the smoking flavor. It's called, I think it's called a pellet oven. Hmm. Interesting. There it is. (laughs) Yeah. Pellet oven. Well, I know some people get like smokers that they can use where it'll burn like corn pellets and stuff, but they use that to like more heat their house. Dude. And it, it's almost like a, they've got like a weird little outhouse sitting outside their place. And that's like where the, the corn smoker is. And it burns corn pellets. And I'm pretty sure it probably boils water. And then there's probably like a water exchange system where it runs hot water into the house. And that's where the air goes oh, through. I'm, I'm speculating at that point. Yeah. I haven't looked up the Here's specifics the of it. So now that this is why I know that I wouldn't have, li- I wouldn't like 300 years ago, I wouldn't have made it. I would have been like, just <laughs> I jump into a river. I'm like, I don't know what we're supposed to have, but I know we're supposed to have more than this. I'm done. Do with you this. see though, why I'm telling you just to get a Weber. You don't have to worry about any of that. It's vegetables, but they've done a million. Di- they, they sent out a bunch of like when they were talking in the circle, he said, no, 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 get this. I said, I haven't even heard. I've never Weber wasn't even a thing they were saying. They're like, no, 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 no. You need to get a this, this, that. Traeger, get yourself a Traeger. Probably what they said. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if that is one of the they 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 actually were like, okay, they put it on a post note. He's like, hey, keep keep this. These are the ones you should get. And of course, I immediately threw it away. And I was like, okay, I'm just <laughs> not gonna get it. It just was too much information. I'm like, I'm just not gonna get one. But now, when you guys are talking, I need to get a freaking grill out back. Get some oh, mushrooms brother. happening. I'm telling you, Weber's all you need. You're going to go, why did I buy all this ridiculous? Well, now that for, this Daniel Boone's a mushrooms. possibility. That's <laughs> a hell of an investment Daniel just Boone. for veggies. Yeah. But, I, my dad's got the the next size up from the Daniel Boone. I think that one's the Jim Bowie. And I was texting with my mom the other night, and we were talking about different things that we cook in the smokers. And she said that fresh veggies in the smoker are really good. Come on. I haven't tried it yet, but it sounds amazing. What's bigger than Jim Bowie? Are we talking about like Goliath? Paul Bunyan. <laughs> Paul no, Jim Bunyan. Bowie's the big daddy. Oh, is that the... I mean, that one's really big. Let me look who Daniel Boone is. Do you... Okay, Dan, who's Daniel Boone? Don't look well, it Daniel up. Daniel Boone who do you was think a man. Um... <laughs> <laughs> did, 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 he was the homie that had the way. Who, who had the raccoon? <laughs> that was Daniel Boone. That was Daniel Boone, Steve. See? I know. He wore a raccoon hat. And he made he made raccoon hats chic. That's what he did. I wish you were right. I think maybe he fought at the Alamo. I really wish you were correct. <laughs> am I completely making shit yes, up right you now? Are. I am. You totally are. What did Daniel Boone do? God, I'm a fucking idiot. He was Why did you get to bring it out in public? Pioneer and a frontiersman whose exploits made him one of the first folk heroes of the United States. That's what I was gonna say. If you oh, would just stop being so rude. My bad. <laughs> my bad. And there's a huge national forest land named after him in Kentucky. Also, Daniel Boone National Forest. And if you ever find yourself in that part of Kentucky. You got to check out the Red River Gorge. It is absolutely beautiful. I thought you were going to tell me to run. If you ever find yourself in that part of the country, <laughs> get the hell out immediately. <laughs> dude, you'll Seek get that shelter. vibe when you're driving around in the gorge. Very dude. much a... Yes, dude. Ding, 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 ding. If I'm in a Daniel... Even the name, they'll be like, hey, we're going to go visit the Daniel Boone Fort. I'd be like, that doesn't sound like I'm supposed to be there at all. Well, looky, looky, looky <laughs> who we got here. Someone got either too much sun or you ain't from <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, this day was going pretty well until I saw the likes of you. Oh, no. And now it's going even better. Like, yeah, sh- ball. Tell them, how, tell them how it really is, ball. Hey, everybody. I'm in the middle of a monologue. <laughs> tell them how it is, ball. <laughs> what you going to do, ball? What you going to do? I'll do whatever I damn well want to. And <laughs> okay, let me tell you something, Dan. Let me tell you why you're so good at what you do. Let me tell you why you're so good at what you do. Because the normal person would have been like, oh, I, you know, oh, this boy shouldn't be here. Your whole tell him what it is. Gee, that made a scene in my head. Like, I now saw the whole family. Even though only one person talked, I'm like, oh, I see the whole family now. Did you picture overalls with no Absolutely. Shirt? Yes. <laughs> I was going to say he's wearing overalls. There's no shirt. He's barefoot. He's missing an indeterminate amount of teeth because you don't want to look that hard. Dad, do you understand? Oh, how- looky here. We got, look, and he's a special one, boys. He's reading a book. Dude. I become death. That's real appropriate right about now. Oh, no. Tell him, Gamble, you're going to get a good, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's my racism for the day. I'm sorry, everyone. That is fantastic. <laughs> that was hey. amazing. <laughs> I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. As your resident honky on this episode, I'll allow <laughs> that it. That was freaking hilarious. If uh, that thank, person, you, thank you very much. I wouldn't feel, I wouldn't feel too scared. I'd feel scared. But once that person was like, tell him what you're going to do, I'd be like, oh, I'm dead. <laughs> I am a oh, dead shit. man. That's when you start figuring trajectories. Oh, no question. This guy run. I'd be like, okay, where do where can I go? Where's the nearest house without an American flag in front? <laughs> yeah. Let me go there. Hells don't exist. <laughs> I know. Good luck finding one. Good lord, dude! I'd be so scared. Oh my god, it, that is never going to be able to go movie. back to Kentucky. <laughs> that is a horror movie. Remember, you know what's funny? That's the movie we write, Steve. Dude, remember that movie? Uh, what's that movie with Homegirl on the front? Um. Oh shoot! Where she? The hunt that just came out recently. You like a year ago? Where yeah. the girls on the front, dude? When I watched that movie, part of me said, "I really need to learn how to use weapons." Because what if I am caught in Kentucky one day, and then I could be like, "You guys didn't mess with the wrong one." Right now, they'd be like, "All you have to do is use this compass to get out of the woods." I'll be like, "Oh, you might as well kill me now," because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where the hell I'm going. I should be able to like navigate and set up booby traps and stuff, G. I want to see that movie. You kind of go Rambo on these people. But what if I don't know how to Rambo and I just have to guess Bo? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be in trouble. Bo. I know. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be dead, Bo. You're going to be. I know. I'll be setting up some bootsy booby trap and all of a sudden there's a footstep behind me. They're like, did you even run at all? We just caught you <laughs> immediately. Where'd he go, boss? <laughs> oh, dude, I'd be like, you caught me? The where to go, boss, caught me? Oh, my God. I threw him in the crick with the others. Crick. <laughs> well done, Dan. All right, I'm done. I'm done with that voice because it's creeping me out. Holy cow. <laughs> you do it a, way too well. <laughs> that was really good. I got to ask a question. Seriously, I'm changing yes. the subject. All right, let's do it. Have y'all seen? So y'all have y'all seen the Mortal Kombat trailer? Oh yeah, Steve, have you seen the Mortal Kombat trailer? It was sent to me by Kevin, and I haven't watched it yet. Okay, let's pause real quick. Okay. (laughs) Come on, G. It could be really good. 
I think it's going to be. I'm <laughs> saying it could be. As far as Mortal Kombat movies go, I'm not the guy that's going to be the aficionado on this, all right? But I'll tell you one thing. This is the first time out of any Mortal Kombat movie where we're like, oh, I'm watching this fucking shit on day one. You're going to watch it on day one? That Sub-Zero scene at the end? With the, with the with frozen the blood? blood? That's dope. Yeah. Come on, man. I'll give it, I know, a, no, no. That right there sold that's me. That's dope. But again, trailers are really, often trailers are good. I Mortal Kombat is hard to pull off for an hour and some change. It and I don't I like the guy. Think there are a lot of people that will disagree with you, but I respect your opinion. The sir. main thing, the main guy, whoever got the burn, the the dragon. He's like, you've been chosen. He doesn't look like a fighter to me, dude. But there's Sub Zero, Steve, and Scorpion. There's a dude. There's a thing you have to. I didn't get the goosebumps. Oh well. Swing and a miss. I think it's gonna be no, no. It's gonna. It could be great, but and and my boy with the um, with the uh, I forgot his name, but that killed them ninjas outside that cabin. Yeah, with those. He is gonna be great. Sub Zero may be great, but I didn't like how they did uh Scorpion. He just has to get over here. Scorpion was the guy in front of the cabin. Was that? It was that Scorpion before he's got his whole shit on. Have you seen? Uh, the animated movie that came out last year, Mortal Kombat Scorpion's Revenge. No, was it good? I was just going to bring that up. Dude. Man. I heard so many people say that I need to watch this shit. I'm on. I'm in it. Where do I, where do I find it? Not, neither of you nope. seen it? No. Oh, oh, dude, watch it. Watch it. You'll where, take it. Where? It is really goddamn good. Um, I I think I bought it on some digital service. Uh, let's look it up and see if it's streaming anywhere. Uh, it is really, really good, though. I want it. Um, and so in, uh-huh. in my mind, this movie's got some big shoes to fill just because Scorpion's Revenge was so good. Um, seeing this, the Red Band trailer, though, I'm really, really stoked for this. Um, I, I don't, this, the thing with the bookmark, with the birthmarks is, is kind of silly. I, I can get over that. Uh, the, the fact that there's this new character that, that they were saying, you know, and he's like the, the MMA fighter. Yeah, I can't remember what they're they're calling his his him in this, but like in the game, there was like a movie star named Johnny Cage, mm-hmm. and like he he's in the original. That's movies how I remember. And, I remember Johnny Cage. Yeah. yeah, and and so I'm wondering if at some point, if if nothing else, are we going to get some tongue in cheek line where they call the the Cage fighter, "Hey, Johnny Cage"? If they do that, I will walk out immediately. <laughs> I will leave just on GP. I'll be like, "This is come on, man." Well, I'm glad we have Joe on because, like I said at the beginning, I'm not the biggest Mortal Kombat fan. I love the game, but I mean, I didn't get all super, super into it. But I'll check. I'll tell you what. I will take up your offer to watch this animated one because I have heard you. Matter of fact, I think were you on PCL talking with Brian about that? I think I was on the episode where where they reviewed this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so too. But uh, I, yeah, I heard good things about it. I just oh, never I'm really in. got around to it. I'm in. But this one. You know, maybe it's because I, I don't have that knowledge from the other ones, but this one really got me. Like, I'm excited about it. I'm happy that HBO Max is like HBO Max is doing it, too, with this. Listen. Video. Oh, Listen. yeah. They are trying to. Here's the thing. They are trying to because what they what they can do. And I think they're on their way to doing it. They're trying to make movie theaters not as important. And then they're going to pump their price. Once you're like, I'm more engaged in HBO Max than movie theaters. They're just going to pump their yeah. price. And now you have to start paying that monthly even more because they're like, well, what are you going to do? Go back to the past, which is these movie theaters? Or are you going to stay with us? That's what they're going to do. Because right now, I am on HBO Max more than anything. 
Oh, I want yeah. It. yeah, yeah. I mean, and you know, it puts me in a pickle too because um, I like the theater experience, mm-hmm. but not to the level that you know a, a lot of my friends do, where you know they. If it were up to them, they'd see like every no, new release no, in the no, theater. No. Whereas with me, it's like there's certain <laughs> movies where it's like, I, I really want that immersive experience with the big screen. Like I'm a huge fan of Dune, like yeah. the the novel. Mm-hmm. the The original David Lynch movie is, I, I don't know. They he, they made changes to that plot that they just didn't need to make. And so for me, being such a huge fan of the source material, it's like I can appreciate that original Dune movie for what it is. But ultimately, it's like I don't like it that much. Like I, I really enjoy the the two thousand uh, miniseries that Sci Fi did way better than like the David Lynch one. But with this new one that's coming out, um, I, I it's going to be on HBO Max also, and and I I love staying at home. Exactly, like, I'd love to not go to the theater and be distracted. You know, potentially have oh, some asshole ruin the experience dude. for me. But at the same time, with you know, I'm I'm not the hugest cinephile and stuff, but I I understand that the director for this new Dune movie is one of those guys that like has this awesome vision and scope. And so it's like, you can only see that in the theater. I, you know, probably the one time when it first comes out. So it's like, shit, I might have to go to the theater for Dune, but for stuff like this mortal Kombat no. and other stuff that's coming out, HBO max. Yeah, dude, I'll be watching them at home. I'm not going to go to no the theater question. for them. So no question. I, I, I feel like the genie's out of the bottle now and we have 2020 to blame and just going forward. It's, it's going to be a very different world. Yeah, we, you've hit the nail on the head. I'm one of those people. I loved going to the movies and I loved sitting there just getting the whole cinematic experience. But the further that we get away from it, because in California, I don't know anything that's open, at least in no, my area. No. <clears throat> the further that we get away from it, I'm I'm completely fine with sitting at home now. Yes, I'll. OK, let's take a what is it? The Godzilla and Kong movie that's going to be coming out. That's a movie that needs to be seen on an IMAX screen. Right. But it doesn't happen. I'm not really tripping not on it anymore close. just because I don't even know if that's going to like come back i think that once the world hopefully opens back up again i think i'll definitely gravitate to the movies again but right now it's just weird because at first it was almost like going through withdrawals not going to the movies that was a thing i did every single week multiple times that goes away and i don't know i do i did feel at first like there was um something to miss you know sitting at home and watching these movies but i'm completely cool with it. here's the thing matter of fact uh judas and the black messiah which we're about to talk about like i saw that one and at the same time, I'm like, I wasn't really like, I didn't think that movie really needed to be on a big screen, like to, to, to serve the purpose, like to get the message out. But I just think these big bang movies, much like Mortal Kombat, you know, Dune and, and of course, um, Godzilla, it's just, there's something missing, but I'm cool with I, it now. And I don't think, you know, I, I really think it's probably better that we just get that frame of mind. Cause who knows when it's going to come out. I don't back. need it. I don't need it at all. Not looking at the, like uh, overhead the projectors and looking at OLED TVs now. I don't ever need to go to the theater again. I am perfectly okay with it because I can construct my own experience. I don't have to worry about who the person next to me is talking. I can create. Yeah, I don't miss that. No, and I could create Mm. my own experience. I am down. I am down. We're good. Like at this point, the screens are so crystal clear at this point that the only reason you go to the movie theater is because you've been indoctrinated into seeing certain movies into now certain movies. Like if you're seeing like Apollo 11 documentary, I get it. Go to IMAX so you could feel like you're in space. But if you're like, I have got to see once upon a time in Hollywood on the big, why, 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 why do you need to see that? You could just go to LA and see it in real life. Why do you need to see these things? I could have watched that at home and got the same. I love that movie. I watch it over and over again at home and it's perfectly fine. 
I kind of feel like Snyder's Justice League oh. was sort of banking on. The oh, he, that's you know, be bad, like we dude. need. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't have confidence it's in this movie, bad. but I feel like we need the big screen too. That's part of it. And I don't how did know, he get so much money away. for that? His name is Zack Snyder. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's good to know people. I don't know. It's but so crazy. I, I, I got to be honest with you guys. That new trailer, like, it didn't really do much for me. No. And and I'm I'm I, I'm going to watch it just because it's like, yeah, I have HBO Max and I'll be sure. able to watch it the day it yeah. drops. I'll watch it, but I, uh, <laughs> I'm just going in with so much hesitation. Yeah. No, I, I hear you, man, because DC's let me down so many times that I don't have any expectations. I'm I'm sort of expecting it to suck, to be quite honest with you. I didn't really care like for Justice League to begin yeah. with. I know you did, and I'm sorry to say so. It's just, it's just not. It's not. No, no. I mean, I'm sorry that I'm that I'm bagging on it. I'm just saying that it's it's just wasn't a move for me. I found it incredibly boring. So I don't know how they're gonna make it any better with just some added scenes. I don't know exactly what's going on with this movie. I've been trying to stay away from it because just like Joe, I'm gonna watch it. But you know, whatever. That's cool. I'm hoping it'll wow me, but I doubt it will. Those DC animated, there's nothing that's going to add up to those. Dude, it, those are good. The DC animated movies are great. Have you watched Flashpoint yet? Sure did. Yeah, dude, Loved I love it. Flashpoint. Now it's the so ending, good. I was like, I want to see what happens. <laughs> like he just, I can't tell you, Dan. Okay, not to ruin it. I'm not going to ruin it. I'm good. I but know there's the story, something man. he does at the end, but I'm like, are you going to show us what now? We're like, what? What happens? And it just goes to black. But I'm like, okay, I can live with that. I get it. I love Flashpoint. Have you ever read the source material? I did not. It's really good. It's a Jeff Johns book, I think. It's really, really good. I love them. Dude, so far I have not seen one. I've seen so many at this point. I've watched almost all of the DC animators on HBO Max at this point. I should have started earlier, but I just wanted to watch one after the other. After the other. Now, Dan, I know we're taking, uh, we're, we're running out of time, so you want to get to the interviews? I mean, not the interviews. The, um, the, um, Oh my God! Yeah, the let's reviews. let's uh, let's do this. Here. <laughs> the inter reviews. Yeah, we got reviews to talk about. We we made Joe do homework, and I'm ho- <laughs> I really want to know what he thinks about one of these movies. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I watched both of them. I, <laughs> right. Okay, good, 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 good. So let's talk about the one that uh, I probably have. I don't know. I have a lot to say. Oh, about did you want to do the shout out for the? Um, did you already do the shout out? Because I, I had to use the restroom. What you You're confusing me, Jake. You what already you did about? the the uh, contact information and the shout out for the new Patreon guy. Uh. Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> I'll just say that. Because I went, I went to the bathroom. Sure did. Cool. Sure did, Joe. Joe. I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Killing Steve, it. You're, I am so fucking Killing distracted it. today. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> I am so sorry. And I can't tell if people are listening because I put out a link to you know for people to listen to the show. I saw somebody come through and then they disappeared. I don't know who it was, but I can't tell if they're okay. listening or not. So it's probably like, Jesus, what's <laughs> going on with Dan today? But anyway, yeah, let's talk about right. movies, man. All right. So, <laughs> whew, okay, let's talk about Willie's Wonderland. So Willie's Wonderland came out in 2021. A quiet drifter is tricked into a janitorial job at the now condemned Wally's Wonderland. Ooh, I'll talk about that in just a second. This is, I'm reading off IMDb. The mundane task suddenly becomes an all out fight for survival against wave after wave of demon animatronics. Fists fly, kicks land, titans clash, and the only one side will make it out. Excuse me. And only one side will make it out alive. This is directed by Kevin Lewis, written by G.O. Parsons, and it stars Nicolas Cage and a bunch of other people that I don't really care to mention because I'll give you my opinion about that in just a moment. Um, I think I've kind of showed you where I'm at, so <laughs> out of, <laughs> I want to hear what Joe has to say. Joe, what do you think about <laughs> Willie's Wonderland? Dude, okay, so the first time I saw this trailer get posted online, I watched it, and then I watched it six more times. And I was like, this movie <laughs> looks fucking nutty. 
uh, I, I'm in for it when it comes out. And so when you sent me the, you know, the homework for this episode and it was on there, I got texted you right away and I was like, oh, I was going to watch this anyway. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um and yeah dude i had i had a lot of fun with this movie it it did exactly what i expected it to i expected it to have you know a barely there plot um with lots of um you know practical effects and just nick cage doing his thing and and this movie delivered on everything that i needed it to did, did you good. want me to give it a rating That's right good. now too uh sure Why not? okay i'll give it four out of five crushed soda cans love it okay all right, Steve. Okay, let me tell you something, bro. Um, I used to have a fear of these Chuck E. Cheese animatronics. <laughs> I used to have a devastating fear, and I thought it went away until about three years ago. I went to a Chuck E. Cheese party, and all of a sudden they start moving again. I'm like, paperback right. I was like, oh no, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta get the hell up out of here. And they like their eyes go randomly, and I was like, okay, that's scary. So when this movie was announced, I said, yeah, this has been waiting to happen. Yep, this is freaky. And so the I liked, when I started the movie, um, immediately I'm like, oh, they, it, right off the jump, they tell you what this movie is. Immediately, they're like, if you're in, you're in. If you're not, you're going to know before this car hits the spokes, hits the, the whatever it hits. If you like this sort of thing, you're going to know fairly quick. Within five minutes, you know. And um, there's a there there is a little uh, thing they do that I'm like they're not going to do this the whole movie are they? And sure enough, the whole movie something uh, does not happen, and I'm like oh because I like one of the actors to be himself. I'm like yeah. that's one of the things I love about this person. I think you can say that. That's that's fair. Go ahead and just say it. Okay, he doesn't say a word. Not one. <laughs> that is a bummer. Because this is prime Nicolas Cage. This is perfect for his silliness. Right? And he said nothing. So I'm like, there are so many little gaps that I'm like, you know, a funny, a funny little Nicolas Cage quirk would be, would be great right now. Um, but other than that, dude, I had so much fun with this movie. I thought it was absolutely, I can't, this is the director I can't wait to see what's happened the next. Even though he's done stuff in the past. I'm if he goes this direction, I am all in. I thought it was so much fun. I had a blast. Uh there were actually legitimately creepy moments where they had a certain lighting that they put on the animatronic that weren't moving. And I'm like, that is genuinely horrifying. That is pretty scary. I thought the fight scenes were fun. It's just a fun. It's very hard to anthropomorphize these things and make them evil. Normally, if you anthropomorphize them, they're just adorable things. They made them super duper evil. I thought it was great. I will give this an easy 3.75 animatronic spinal cords. Oh, that's a good one. I like that. All right, I guess I got to be that guy. <laughs> I just, I I really just tell by the way you've guy. been talking about it the whole time. You're like, Dan didn't like this one. <laughs> I, I got to be the guy. Listen, uh, there's a few factors involved, okay? okay? To be fair. Okay. Uh, I had a very slow night at work, and I decided, okay, I, I have to watch this movie, and I, I'm going to be very busy, so I'm going to take this time to watch it. So I watched this movie with a coworker, and I think that was the first mistake I made. Yeah. Because... You know, this is obviously going to a certain, <clears throat> excuse me, it's obviously going towards a certain demographic, mm-hmm. right? 
a certain fan base that can appreciate these yes. kind of things. I'm going to tell you right now from the first trailer or like the first clip of the trailer. Oh, I'm fucking in. It's Nick Cage and, and a bunch of Chuck E. Cheese animatronics killing. I mean, there's it should be the perfect formula for me. Right. Yeah. Like I was so into this. And then it comes out and I start watching it and I had to hear a lot of like, <sighs> oh, that ruins oh it, God. dude. No, it's not I know. fair. I, I know. But I will say a few good things about it. Okay. Um, I will say that I think that the, uh, the practical effects were really, really good considering this movie's low budget. Like they actually made the characters scary and I wanted to enjoy that as well because I could see, you know, like I understand that there's a Chuck E. Cheese like monster animal, whatever you want to call it, you know, attacking various people, particularly Nick Cage and he's fighting and there's like shit getting ripped out of him and everything like that. That should be all I need. But it's so hard to appreciate something like that when you have someone next to you going, oh, my God. And oh, so Jesus. I started kind of going down that road. Right. But I appreciated the the uh, it was like a, a mix of mostly practical effects with a little bit of CGI that I thought they did very well, very well. Uh, I was really impressed with that. And again, like I just I, I think the plot is, um, you know, it's very reminiscent of uh, or at least it reminded me of um, Five Nights at Freddy's, I believe is what it's called. I heard they were going to make a movie about that. And I don't know if this is where it stemmed from or whatever. But um, it's got Nicolas Cage, man. I, I mean, I love Mandy and I love freaking Color Out of Space and I love uh, Mom and Dad raising Arizona. I'm in it for Nick Cage. And I think the thing that really kind of just like sealed the deal for me was like, like you said, there's no, there's no, he's not, he's not doing his Nick Cage thing, you know, and people will disagree with me because I've heard a lot of people say, oh yeah, he's, he's, his, you know, he's doing that Nick Cage thing. It's just that there's no, there's no dialogue with him. And I needed that. And I think that they could have like satisfied me if he pulled like a silent Bob move at the end and just gave this crazy ass Nick Cage monologue that would have like, you know, it would have saved the movie for me. But in combination of like these really piss poor actors, and I know, again, I know this is like a B movie and I, and I know it knows exactly what it's trying to do. I just didn't really enjoy this movie. And now maybe it enjoys, excuse me, maybe it uh, deserves like a second viewing and I can get a little bit more out of it. But what I saw, the whole thing where he gets his most Nick Cage, where he's doing the the pinball thing, and it just, I don't know, man. I wanted it to work. I really did. Uh, this is the kind of movie that I should just absolutely love. And unfortunately, I just did not love this movie. I didn't really like it much at all. So I'm going to give it a 1.5 out of 5 punch energy drinks. Oh, wow. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I, I just did not get enjoyment out of this movie. But I'm telling you, I think it had to be... The company I was with. Yes. That, that had to have played into it big time. And I, I would also go so far as to say not giving Nicolas Cage any dialogue at all. It That was the thing that, you know, I, I gave this four out of five and it, it probably would have been a better rating had they done something. I, I hadn't even considered the silent Bob moment and have him, you know, like open up at the end. And I, I really liked that idea, but but, you know, the when you were talking about, you know, the so many different things happened in this to where it, they had given the character some lines and let Nicolas Cage deliver them in the way that, oh, you know, we were expecting him to do. Yeah. You know, it, it, I think this could have been a better movie for sure. And, and so that, you know, that's what brought my rating down a little bit as well. Um, I, I, I do wonder, you know, in, you know, you can only have that first chance to make a first impression. And I'm wondering if that's you had thing. seen this you know, with somebody that was like fully embracing it for what it was and, you know, laughing along with it and stuff, if you'd had a better, a better go with it. Yeah. It was a mistake on my part because this person really isn't even into pretty much anything I'm into. 
So this was just something like, hey, you know, you can stay on that side of the room and do your thing or whatever. But since we have absolutely nothing to do, I'm going to take the time to watch this. And they come over and they just, yeah, they kind of ruined it for me. So, but I I don't know. I don't know if I could, if you uh, could get that, like you said, I don't know if the reaction would be any different at this point. I feel like it's kind of just ruined for me, you know? Yeah. I I think like, cause there's a vent scene that genuinely startled me. Yeah. Like he comes sliding over. I was like, stuff. oh my God, I did not yeah. see that coming. That's what I'm saying, Steve. It's like, I appreciated the effects and I appreciated the, the, the skeleton of the story, if you will. But I just thought that like the, uh, and it's all, you know, the tropes are there that should be there. Like, you know, you have the uh, annoying teenagers and there's all this murder going on. And like suddenly two people want to screw, you know, oh, it sure. just doesn't make any sense. But Absolutely. But it's a total horror movie yes. thing. And we yeah, get that. Total horror so movie. Every, it was a, yeah, it was totally. It, so it's like I wasn't criticizing. Oh my god, I can't believe they're doing that. Though other people yeah, were. Dude, that ruins it. That can. If I saw a movie with talkers in the theater, I wouldn't yeah. like the movie. And and also like there's a. She said, "There, you're not stuck in here with them. They're stuck in here with you." A clear Watchmen send up. Yeah. I said, "Oh." <laughs> I was like, and here's here's what I was waiting for. This would have been the movie of the year. If they would have done a part where he took one of their face off, I would have pushed pause and said, ladies and gentlemen, we have a winner. If he <laughs> didn't say a word and all Nicolas Cage did was take one of those people's face off, I'd be like, I hear you. I hear you, Nicholas. <laughs> they should have just done one of them, just one time. I would have been like, I got you. I got you, buddy. But I just thought it was, and then how at the, uh, not going to ruin at the end, all he does is just one little gesture. And you're like, all right, you won. I thought it was fantastic. I just, I could watch this movie again. Like if I'm doing something, I would watch it and be like, yeah, this was really fun, man. It was every, Nicolas Cage does not play it campy. He's like, he's in, he's all the way in. He's like, I get what we're doing and we're going to have fun with this and how he, you know, there's parts where, you know, in the beginning where he keeps on thinking that they're moving and he'll stop and look back and be like, am I seeing what I'm, we're hearing what I'm, I just thought that was like, okay, if he would have been like, oh no, we would have seen what kind of guy he was. The fact that he was like, okay, I'm ready to handle these dudes. I'm like, oh, this is the, this is who he is. Cool. All right. That's, he's tough. Let's do it. Let's rock and roll. I thought it was good. I'm glad you did. And I clearly in the minority here. So I'm sure it's a better movie, but I just, uh, I explained why totally and it just fair. ruined it so much for me. And I know now not to watch these kind of movies with this person should work get slow. You know what I mean? I wish you would have texted me and told me who it was. I would have been like, don't watch it with this person. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, also, and I realize that there's room for plenty of these movies, particularly in my brain, but I'm just coming off a of psycho Gorman and I don't know. I just think that's a better movie. I enjoyed that so much more. And I, I, I wasn't really comparing the two. But at the time, I guess I kind of was. I was just thinking like I, that was a better movie. I'm just glad I didn't watch that fucking movie with her because uh, oh, my co-worker she would have just ruined, ruined this Cycle fucking Gorman. movie, dude. Yeah, she she yeah. ruined the. She ruined this movie so much for me. And great person, don't get me wrong, but like just not the right person to watch this movie. With. Yeah, and, and right. if you don't understand that type of movie, and you, and you're going yeah. into it like it's like comparing it to you know some like legit horror movie or something like that, it's like yeah, you're gonna be really disappointed. But you, you didn't go into this like really knowing what it would be like. I remember, I don't remember who I tried showing it for, but have you ever heard of the Peter Jackson movie, bad taste? I have I not. Have not. <laughs> Check it out. If you like fucked up movies that are weird with practical effects, low budget, watch bad taste. Cause it's, I'm it's in. really, really fucking weird. 
and it's a Peter Jackson movie. <laughs> but I, He's... I remember playing it for people in high school because I had a friend show it to me. And right away, I was like, this is genius. I get this movie. It clicks with me. I understand it. And so then I borrowed it on this VHS tape and then just went on like this tear of showing it to all sorts of people. And I started noticing that, oh, there's some of my friends that they don't get this movie at all. Like, I can't show them bad taste. They like took it seriously. And they were like, what the fuck is this? And I'm like, it's super silly, isn't it? And they're like, it's dumb. And I'm like, no, you're dumb. <laughs> yeah, here's my thing. I would love to see uh, like someone take this even in a darker. Like, I would love to see a Guillermo del Toro version of this movie, where it's like, oh no, these this is really scary, and someone actually has dialogue. I thought it, I think it would be great. But anyway, yes, I I say check out this movie. Uh, you know, my boy Joe says to take off this movie. Check out this movie. My boy Dan is uh he was stuck in a terrible situation it's like i watched this movie before being hung i just didn't like it i'm like yeah we're about to be hung that's you know again it's it's on me because like this person that i'm talking about very nice person but i talk my pop culture shit with them or at least i try to and when i do it you can see the glaze over because they just aren't into that kind of thing. So it's what it was just a it was a bad mistake on my part to watch this movie with them. So I'm probably being harsh on it, but that is my true review of it. And maybe if I come back to it, I'll I'll you know be nicer. Put it this way, Steve. At that point, I think I said this too. I would have watched Monster Project like twice over what I saw. I have since come to understand that that's not the case. Here's what I'll say: Monster Project, still a good movie. Okay. I, and I, I owe you a second viewing on that one, by the way. Yes, you do. All right. All right. Let's get to the next one. This is uh, HBO Max. It just came out, I believe it was last week. And uh, I'm going to have a different opinion on this one. Judas and the Black Messiah. You've all watched it, correct? Yep. Okay. Bill O'Neill infiltrates the Black Panther Party per FBI agent Mitchell and J. Edgar Hoover as party chairman Fred Hampton ascends, falling for a fellow revolutionary en route and battle wages over O'Neill's soul. Sorry, I read that terribly. But Killed this movie it. is directed by Shaq King, <clears throat> written by Will Burson and uh, Shaka King, and then also stars Daniel Kaluuya, Lakeith Stanfield, Jesse Plemons, and an odd role, by the way. Oh, Dominique Fishback, by the way, but a very odd uh, portrayal of J. Edgar Hoover by Martin Sheen. I'll very say that. Very For dude, starts. Did, I got a question for you real quick. Yeah. Did you know who Dominique Fishback is? Uh, yes, I've seen her before. She was in, um, oh, what's it called? It's a, uh, I believe it's called Power. It was on Netflix. Dude, it was I with did Jamie not Fox. know that was her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's her. She's very good in this movie. All right, uh, all think, right. Let's go. Go for it. Sorry. I think everyone is incredible in this movie. You mind if I go first? Is go cool? for it. I got to tell you, I just absolutely love this movie. Um, here's the thing about Daniel Kaluuya with me is I've always thought he was a fantastic actor, but, and I don't mean this in an insulting way, and I don't really know how else to say it, but he's always struck me as kind of monotone. And uh, like even I think the yeah. best role that I'd seen him in <laughs> up to this point was uh, actually, oh, God, it was a slim and uh, God damn it. I just slim and I know what you're talking about queen and slim. Yeah. I just forgot the name for just a second. Very good movie. He's just great acting in that. This movie to me seems like this is his finest work yet. And it shows me that this guy has got range. We have not seen the best of what this guy can do. Mm -hmm. And I was so impressed with his portrayal of Fred Hampton in this that he just blew me away. I think he is absolutely the standout in this movie. I kind of feel like they were pushing to have Lakeith Stanfield as Bill O'Neill be like the, the star of the movie. And even like just recently for Critics' Choice Awards, uh, there's going to be a nomination for Daniel Kaluuya as Best Supporting Actor. God damn it. What? Like he should be. Yes, it seems like he should be the lead to me. He's so, the what? 
I, it's what I said, Steve. I think I even used that tone. I was just, I can't believe that the roles are switched. Oh, like he should be the lead, dude. you know, but you know, maybe that'll happen in the, uh, if they're, if it gets nominated for an Oscar, but I just think this movie is, was incredible. It's, um, very powerful. The acting by everyone in this movie was just insane. And it, and I learned a lot about this. Like, I mean, I know this is not a fictitious story, but I just learned a lot about, you know, um, the whole Black Panther party and how it was portrayed by J. Edgar Hoover. And again, I, 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 uh, I don't mean to keep coming back to that, but it was like off putting to watch Martin Sheen be J. Edgar Jesus, Hoover. dude. It just kind of, it didn't take me out of the movie, but I just was like, whoa, like, I don't understand that. I don't know. I had to look up what J. Edgar Hoover looked like. And it just sort of seems to me like they kind of went a little overboard with the, with the prosthetics, yeah. but, you know, whatever. That's it's, it's a, such a minor part of the movie yeah. that it really doesn't make a difference. But yeah, I mean, these people are acting their ass off in this movie and it's uh i would say it's probably the best thing that i've seen on hbo max this year you know i mean since hbo max has come so out good. yeah it's clearly gonna make it's it should be nominated for an oscar for sure i know like like i realize like we're in february right now but how good is this goddamn movie man i mean i'm just gonna we could talk about it more i know we have limited time and i think that's why i'm sort of stammering over my words but i'll just say right off the bat that uh I absolutely love this. Uh, I'm going to praise it. I'm going to watch it again several times, I think. And I'm going to give it 4.5 out of 5 uh, fake badges. All right. Brothers. How about you, Joe? Yeah. Dude, I had much the same experience with this. This is an incredibly powerful movie. Uh, the performances in it are amazing. I felt the same way about Daniel Kaluuya. Um, I mean, in, as you look at the, the, you know, when you lay the story out the way that the movie's told, yes, um, uh, Lakeith Stanfield's character is the main character in it. And he did do a very good job in it. I mean, all the performances in this are good, but Daniel Kaluuya did such a good job and put in such a powerful, powerful performance that it does make you feel like this movie should have maybe been like, I, I wish we could get a movie that where he truly was the lead character in it. And we got to see more of him doing that because he was amazing. I mean, it was a transformative role for, for him in this. he, he just spoke so powerfully. Um, and you know, the other thing about this movie that is, it's, it's really sad is that this story takes place in the sixties and this looks exactly like a lot of the same bullshit that we saw last summer. Yeah. And so, I mean, yes, you're talking dude. what 60 years later and it's, I mean, I, I could go down a road with that. And I know that the, you guys, you already, know. you know, I mean, yeah. you, you guys already talked about a lot of this stuff. You know, in twenty twenty, super sad when, when that, that we don't have more time happening. to talk about this. Uh, absolutely, uh, but I mean, just quickly, this was if this movie, if you watch this movie and it doesn't piss you off down to the fucking fiber of your being, I question what's wrong with you, because I mean, this shows a real dark time in American history, and if you pay attention to recent events, it's still a dark time in American history, and the performances in this were amazing. The story, it's 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 tragic. And the, the, the stuff that it follows it up with at the end, like is, ah, I mean, this, this movie's fantastic. I'm right there with you with the score too. I'd give it a four, a four and a half out of five on this one. It was so good. Everybody should watch this. This should be up for, for Academy Award nominations. Um, most definitely. Yeah. Great. Great movie. What do you think, Steve? Dude. Um, it, I was one of the few that weren't really, I was like, I'll watch it. I just was like, I, I, I think I kind of know some stuff and I'm like, eh, do I really need to watch the movie? Dude, Daniel Kalua put on a clinic. He put on 
a clinic that I'm curious if Lakeith was ready for. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't. I think Lakeith probably saw him acting. He was like, "Oh, we're really doing like you. You went all the way with this." And there were points where it was so heartbreaking because, like Joe said, we're still there. It's just under a cleaner sheen. We're just still there. And what blew me away is, dude, this guy was 21 years old. That, that blew, blew my, my mind, that dude. Oh, I was like, crazy. what? <laughs> 21 years old. I was like 21 old. and with that much fucking wisdom? Dude. That doesn't happen. That is so no, rare. No, no. <laughs> I said, what? Yeah. And, the, and here's the funny part. I called my mom. And I was like, mom. You were around for. She's like, yeah, I remember Huey. I remember Huey Newton. I was like, that's right. It's not that long ago. She's like, yeah, I was like 13, 12, 13. Uh-huh. Yeah, I remember Huey Newton. I was like, well, did you? She said we did. They didn't really talk about it. They really kept it under wraps pretty well. We just like he died. I'm like, oh, okay. But she's like, yeah, we remember all them dudes. She remember the Black Panther. I was like, you lived through. She's like, yeah, but you don't know you're living through something until years later and you're like oh yeah yeah i was there when that happened and so i I told her to watch this movie she said yeah i'm sure it's gonna be but even then i said yeah you're thinking the way i'm thinking it's better than you think watch this movie i mean everyone in the movie did a great job even creepy behind jesse plemons man yeah he did a and when he said um there's a point where they're like he's already going to jail and he said it's not enough and jesse even looks like what? What are you asking us to, to, to do here? And uh, it was just a magnificent story. Um, magnificent acting. Again, I agree with Dan. Probably the best thing I've seen on HBO Max this year. Uh, go see it. I'm going to give it right with the fellas. 4.5 out of 5. It was... Um, there's a quote where someone said a person is good and dead now. And I said, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, dude. And I just wasn't ready for it. And even the postscript and and what happens to Bill. I was like, what? This whole thing is crazy. It's a devastating story all the way around. And uh, there's especially a part where you know they're wanting to they're wanting to help Huey Newton not go to jail, and he redirects the conversation to the people. Hey, Steve, can I stop you for a second? Yeah, I'm missing something. Who is Huey Newton? Huh? Who is Huey Newton? Am I saying Huey Newton this whole time? Yeah, I think you're talking about Huey Lewis. I'm sorry, dude. And you Juice know why? You know why I said Huey Newton? Why is that? Um, because he's another uh, activist. I mean, I figured as much, but I was just making sure that I wasn't missing something. You were not. You were not. I'm so sorry, dude. No worries. I figured that's who you were talking about. No, he was a new. He uh, he co-founded the party. Okay. Huey Newton co-founded the Black Panther Party. I'm sorry. Uh, Fred Hampton. Um, There's a part where they're walking up to Fred and he's like, hey, man, uh, you know, we got to get you out. of." And they're arguing about how we keep him out of jail. And he just redirects this conversation to the people. I wouldn't have done that, Dan. I would be like, yeah, keep me out. Keep me out as well as you can. What do we need? And he's like, no, it's not about me. Like, what am I watching here? What did Dan have me watching here? He was in it, dude. He was for real, for real. Like, I don't know if it was his wife or just his girlfriend, but Deborah, there's that one part where he's talking about how I'm all about, like, I'm dying for this cause, but she's now pregnant. 
And she's like clapping along because everyone else is clapping, but you could just see that look on her Dude, face. Yeah. Like, oh my god. Dude, when she and when just she, that that oh. face, that that scene alone is just like that's he's she, in. Like, she but everyone just did so fucking fantastic oh, in this dude. movie. Jesse Plemons plays a fantastic villain. He's we've seen him do it before, but I loved how and we knew where this is going, where he's like, you know, he's trying to um he's trying to butter up Bill O'Neill and he's giving him money, taking him out to dinner to get information uh-huh. and everything like that. But when he finally has him by the balls and the way that he just flips it and those stairs, like when he's Jesus, uh, he's dude. at that he's at that Rainbow Coalition meeting. He's got his fist in the air, but he's just staring at the Oh, yeah. Like, oh, you done fucked up now. <laughs> I know? mean, dude. It's... Very, very powerful actor. And he made him seem like, oh, you, you know, you maybe you could come over and be an FBI agent. Maybe I can give you some money. And he's like, so he starts. Yeah. And remember, this happens to the real Bill O'Neill or uh, uh, Wild Bill when he's 17 years old. They just looked older back then, I guess. That boy is 17. 17- years old so obviously this trickery is going to work on a 17 year old kid i hadn't even considered that part of it steve jesus dude i mean how terrible are you to do this to a kid this was like 1960 what was it 67 uh 64 good question either way in the 60s and he's sliding like hundred dollar bills to him over that's a lot of money back then so he was paying him very well and he got like um like fully into it. Like that's, he was expecting it at this point. Ugh. And so he fell into the trap and then that's how Jesse or not Jesse, but uh, uh, Roy Mitchell got him, man, just by like feeding it to him and feeding it to him. Like, Oh, you you know, like first one's free. Oh, now you need it. Huh? And he just got him dude. And he had him by the balls. And I just thought that was such a brilliant, like I've seen those things happen in movies before, but there was just something about this movie that it all just worked in a different way for me. And I just, I, I fell in love with this movie. It's so fucking incredible. I think everyone needs to watch this movie. Educate yourself on it. It's fucking awesome. Absolutely. And find out, I, I would say that um, I agree. Everything Dan just said, I mean, learning about how selfless, if you're a true leader, how selfless you have to be. You know how you have to tell your own woman who's pregnant with your boy, you're like, or you're, you're, you're a son. And you have to say, when I said that I would die for my people, this wasn't a joke to me. And she's looking at him like, <laughs> like, but it's changed, right? And he's like, no, nothing changed for him. He has more to live for, he said, but he's still willing to die for the cause. Dude, what the? It's like, what comes first? Jesus, dude. Powerful shit. Like, no, but seriously, does, does Daniel Kaluuya have a better role? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, he did a really good job. And what was that movie, guys, where um, was it Widows? Yes. Where he had those dudes rap. He looked scary. He looked scary. He acted scary, <laughs> but he was still Daniel Kaluuya to me. Like and that. And I don't mean it as an insult, but it's just very monotone. Yeah. yeah. And when he was speaking as Fred Hampton, Jesus, like, oh, dude. like, I didn't even know you could do this. I didn't realize that this was even in your wheelhouse. Like, I just thought you were just. You know, Daniel Kaluuya, and that's just how you're going to be. There's a lot of people that just make their name and and kind of repeat these this uh, kind of like a one-sided, uh, one-trick pony, I guess is what I'm getting at. You know, I mean, like, there's a ton of people out there that do that. But he came out so much that it tells me that we have not seen this man's best work. Like, Dude. he's going to win an Oscar. Eventually. He better. He better win one ASAP because I have not seen a better performance this year yet. 
Yeah, it's going to be hard to top that. I know, again, I know it's February, but it's going to be very hard to top yes. that. Man. Yes, So All right. check it out. Judas and the Black Messiah. You will not regret watching this movie. It's on HBO Max. Joe Stark, where can people find you, sir? Yeah, you can find me on Starkcast, a long-form conversation podcast. Uh, the episodes just kind of ramble. We talk about whatever. Uh, Steve, got to get you on. I know we've texted about it back and Absolutely. forth a bit. It, it's going to happen, dude, because... <laughs> you got a lot to talk about. We sure do, bud. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, Dan, you've been on for episodes. Uh, uh, that's a, I have a fun time with that show. And then I've also got number one comic books. Uh, it's on a bit of a hiatus right now, but we do have a back catalog. Uh, and that there's um, me and three other co-hosts, and we each pick a comic book, a new number one, and then we read them and discuss them, kind of like a, a book club. And there should be new episodes of that coming out at some point here. We've we've been uh, kind of talking behind the scenes about stuff. You guys pick some good ones. I've definitely read some of your uh, your first issues that you've that you've recommended. So yeah, when's the next episode? Do you have any idea? Uh, we don't have anything scheduled out yet, but we're talking about some books that are coming out next month. So ho- hopefully, we'll be recording some episodes then. Well, Joe, thank you so much for joining us, bro. Dude, thank you so much, guys. I I always love chatting with you guys and. Um, uh, it means the world to me that that you had me on and and uh, you let me talk about uh, my writing and stuff because yes. <laughs> it was that was a real treat. Well, when it comes out, you got to come back and do it again. Oh, if you do anytime you want to have me on, I'm here for you guys. Steve, sir, what you got to say, people? I had a great time today. I feel good. It actually it's gonna I'm gonna have a good day at work because I got to talk to my friends, got to talk to my boy Joe. He inspired me. Uh he reminded me about the war of art and I need to make war with the resistance or whatever you wanna call it. Um, uh guys, do your things, ladies, do your thing, handle business, get out there, make your creativity happen, make your dreams come true. I love you guys so much. Peace, the deuce out. The next voice you're gonna hear is the man, the myth. The legend, the egg owner, the grill maker, Dan. Well, thank you, sir. That's a hell of an introduction. Guys, what you won't hear is that I was a little bit distracted on this one. I had to keep running off mic and stuff like that. But I'm so glad that we were in good hands because you got the mighty Joe Stark and Steve Hudson talking and, and giving you that entertainment. So I, I was I was good with it. I felt good about it. But we'll be back soon. OK, we got a Patreon show coming up. We're going to be back next week. And uh, again, thanks to Joe for coming on, man. You're just the best. Appreciate it, dude. Oh, no problem, man. Thank you so much for having me on. I love you guys. Love you too, man. As for you folks, I love you as well. And here's my instructions. Be good to yourselves. Be good to the people around you. Peace. (laughs) 